Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 220 of the Distraction Pieces podcast, and it's my birthday! Obviously, it's not as I'm recording this. I'm recording this um, a, a week ahead, in fact, exactly a week before my birthday. But this is the birthday special, and you're going to be here for two things. You're going to be here for the birthday party, which I'll get to in a minute. But you're also going to be here for the announcement of what I'm releasing for my birthday. So previously I've released albums, books, I did a Riker toy collaboration, I've done special podcasts, I've done all sorts of stuff. But this year's a really, really special one, because the most popular birthday gift I've ever released was the Riker toy collaboration. And about three years ago, I think it was, or four maybe, I collaborated with an artist called Riker, and we made these art toys that were Scroobius Pip toys, but they were the size of like a Star Wars toy, and kind of in that style. Um, And we did a limited run of them. Well, me and Riker were chatting, and we decided to come back with Riker times Pip part two. And we've done a limited run of Scroobius Pip He-Man figures under the name of Masters of the Spoken Verse... Um, rather than Masters of the Universe, obviously. And they look absolutely insane. Obviously, they're, they're He-Man bodied. They're, they're muscled up. They're the size of He-Man figures and wrestling figures. I need to make it clear, actually, in advance. These are pieces of art. They're art toys. They're not actually toys that you take out the package and play with. They've been The packaging has been made specially to display them. So they are kind of a display item. They're an art toy. Uh, you can't, like, you physically, if you take them out, you can't, play with them they're made to sit there and be in case but they're amazing so um they're available right now only at speechdevelopmentrecords.com now if they're not up yet then they're going to be up soon it's one of those things where it's all timed to go up at a certain time but sometimes there's delays in that and here's the deal we've only made 65 and they're £75 each, which is a lot of money, I know. But again, you've got to understand, there's only 65 made. They're hand-painted, the boxes, hand-glued and everything by Riker. His stuff sells for tens of thousands of pounds, his bigger, his bigger items. So if that feels expensive, trust me, it's not. So it's a limited run of 65. Within that 65, there's two ultra-rare gold versions. Now, you can't choose that. That's just in the regular versions. There's 65 somewhere in there. There's 63 normal and two gold. It's luck of the draw. They're £75 each. But what we've also done, and Riker came up with this <laughs> halfway through, he'd almost finished all of them. And if you're a He Man fan, you'll know that there was a He Man character that came out a little down the line that was called Faker, which is basically just He Man, but he's blue and has orange hair. So we've made a faker Scroobius Pip Masters of the Spoken Verse toy. Now, we've only made five of these. So that's an ultra-limited run at £120. Again, I know these figures sound expensive. If they're out of your range, then honestly, it's not a big deal. It's not something you need. It's a it's a bit of fun. It's a fun piece of art. Um, but yeah, for a limited run of five, they've got a special... He changed the blister pack as well that they're packaged in. So the package has got like bullet mark yeah they're pretty special and there's only five of them and they're 120 pounds um so yeah that's the release um i know they're pricey so don't put yourself in debt don't spend above your means that's not the point of these things but if you if if they're within your price range then i recommend 
moving quickly because we I'm announcing it here on the podcast. The podcast goes out at midnight. I'm going to be asleep. So um I'm not going to be posting about them online until later in the day. So or 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 when I wake up, I guess. So if you've heard this before I posted about it, you might want to swoop quickly. If you've heard after, they may be available still, they may have sold out. But that's the that is this year's gift to you from me. It is weird. It is it's basically started with um, the video for introduction. I put that out on my birthday because I'd got to, I don't know, 30-something or maybe late 20s. And I'd got bored of birthdays. And there's all this pressure of what do you want and what do you want to do. So I decided that each year I'll give something as a gift. And that year I put up the introduction video. And it was the first anyone heard of my solo stuff. Um, other years I've done live podcasts or there was one year I made a load of the speech development records back catalog f- f- free to download. And that, that, that remains free on the speech development records, a web store. We've got a free section. If you use all the drop down me- menus, there's a free music section. So yeah, I like to do these gifts. And this one was a, yeah, a special collaboration with, uh, with Riker and yeah, it's exciting. Again, the postage and packaging is going to be slightly more than normal because I've been adamant that we really need to protect these because they're, they're pieces of art and they're very limited. So, for example, if one got damaged in the post, we can't send you a replacement. If one got l- l- lost in the post, it's why we're doing the recorded delivery. We can't send you a replacement because there isn't a replacement. That's how limited these are. Anyway, I'm rambling on. On with the podcast. As I have teased... I arranged a little birthday party and I sent the word out to some of my celebrity friends and some of my non-celebrity friends and then uh, that I was going to be having a little birthday party podcast and uh, this is what what came out of it. So I think you're going to enjoy it Um, and I'll see you at the end. Ta-ta. rolling happy birthday thanks mate that's who you could hear there is brett goldstein um this is the special edition the birthday party edition of the podcast i'm very excited to be here i invited i've got a lot of famous mates obviously mm-hmm. um i invited james acaster yeah he's a, a mutual friend um be lovely to see him a ramesh ranganathan love him who you've known for ages he did the drunk cast that time yeah um obviously chris and Stu, brilliant um who missed those boys i essentially made those guys you did you're sort of like their patron as we're recording this my pal tom hardy's off off filming uh some extra scenes on venom so he couldn't make oh he's not gonna be here he's not gonna be oh i sort of came to meet stephen graham's at orton towers with um it's boy Alfie. Um, but that'll be, cl- that'll be closed now, won't it? So the only person that's turned up is you, Brett. And that's oh. that's my birthday party, which is... Can I just check? So, so, so Tom Hardy's not coming? No, no, he's... Was he ever coming? He probably wasn't. Right. But James James was, and Ramesh, I thought... Yeah, but I met them. 
Stu, you've met Stu, haven't you? I've um, met Stu and Chris and James and Ramesh. But well, are they coming? It'd be nice to see them. They're not coming. No, James. <clears throat> James was a very a last minute cancellation. Um, Did you ask any of these people? Yep, yep. They were. James was confirmed. I, I didn't hear back from Ramesh, but what about Tom Hardy and Stephen Graham? They they were never coming because right. they're busy. Because they're busy doing their. Listen, I'm. It's your birthday, so I'd 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 be here, whatever. Sure, yep. but I'd be here sort of more if yeah, I got you know just say hello to Tom Hardy and Stephen Graham, which is sort of why not why I'm here. I'm, but certainly, I mean, actually, I feel that this is my birthday party, and the only person that stand up is <laughs> is Brett Goldstein. I mean, it, I'm obviously again, I'm delighted to see you, but what a treat. You know, there's people. Oh, oh. this could be, oh, this could be Tom Hardy. Hello. Come in. Oh, my mum's my mum's here. So, hello. Hello. And I bought ice cream. You bought ice cream. Says you can't have a party without ice cream. So, yeah, there we go. Well, there's a mic here if you'd like to take a seat. <laughs> hello. Um, Hiya. So, Brett, this is my mum. You've not met, have you? Hiya. Lovely to meet you. So, I don't know if it's more depressing that only Brett Goldstein and my mum turned up to my birthday party, or less. Well, let um, me say something. Yeah. This is a better surprise than Tom Hardy and Stephen Gray. <laughs> well, there you go. So how's it going, Mum? Are you, yeah. you, are you drinking? Would you like a drink? You... No, I can't stay. <laughs> you can't stay? Okay. Why is, why is that? What are you doing? I've got a shift at Samaritan's, oh, so okay. I'm oh. going to be off shortly. Well, we might be calling in shortly. <laughs> yeah, that feels like that's how it's going. How's, how's, how's it going anyway, as you're only here briefly? I'll get back to you in a minute, Brian. <laughs> okay. This was an unexpected surprise. How's it going? Oh, fine, 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 you know. Um, oh, would you like? Uh, I've got, this is, I mean... You know, party things like what party are they poppers? called? No, party. Because oh, mm. according to this, they're called blowouts, which oh. is a rather ironic name <laughs> for this party, <laughs> <laughs> considering no one's no one's turned up. See, so, yeah, I've, I've got them. Have you been up too much today? Obviously, I mean, the podcast people would imagine we are recording it a little bit before my birthday, but is it actually basically late? They don't even work. No. So, <laughs> That is the sound. <laughs> that is the sound of this part. Why doesn't go? <laughs> oh, there you go. One. I suggest you take them with you for your Samaritan shift. When anyone is very depressed. <laughs> so, what have you been up to today? Have you done the thing? I've been to the um, postal museum. Okay. How was Which, that? That was what really is that? interesting. It's at oh, what's the name of the Mount Mount Pleasant? No, is I don't it? know where that is. Yeah, I think it's Mount Pleasant. Is it? No, it's mm. a well, it's a sorting office. Right, you've been to the sorting right? office. It's a big sorting office. It's where lots of mail used to be sorted. Right, I think your granddad worked there at one point. Oh, really? You have to check with your dad. Okay. Um, and he they have come. all these. <laughs> He's not turned up. <laughs> they have all these little trains, like it's, it's a it's a tube network, right? That all the post went in, oh, that's and that's weird. how they got it across London to to be sorted. Yeah. It's just amazing. Where does it go? Good. How does it do it now? Well, now they've opened it up, and you scrunch into this little little mini. Tube like and go along, yeah. Wow! And it's, but it's brilliantly presented because you you know they stop and they show you the history of of uh, of the mail. It's mm. really interesting. 
Uh, what months. time's it closed? <laughs> you, you, I was yeah, going to say, you, to go you, there now. you didn't invite me. No, it's still, yeah. You didn't invite me for, my for, for, for what is effectively my birthday. Yeah. Um, that sounds great, though. The best bit was, though, that it, there was a little thing that said, um, and not only post was sent on these tubes, right. um, they, people sent pheasants. Wow. Alive? <laughs> Dead, as, okay. but they had to be bagged so that liquid didn't come out. Oh. <laughs> that was great. it was noted that a lady travelled the whole way round in a crinoline at the time when crinolines and things what were. What's a crinoline? And she, crinoline's one of those big, you know, you see the big dresses? Yes, with the big like puff a hoop out. Underneath. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, apparently there was a little notice saying this lady had travelled Right the way round. Was she bagged up so no <laughs> liquid she come was, out? She'd been, I'm wondering whether she'd been thrown in as a package. Yeah, I don't know. That but um, It was, was a... quite interesting. There weren't any pictures, so, you know, you can't mm. tell. That sounds good, though. <laughs> it is. Like it's the amazing. And there's also a bit where one of the mail ships, or a ship that carried mail, had been torpedoed, and it had gone so deep that a lot of the mail had actually been preserved. Hmm. Oh, wow. And so they were able to rescue some of it and recreate it in the museum. What was it? What was it? Just some bills? Some bills. <laughs> Probably. No, no, no nice <laughs> letters saying, dear mum and dad. That sounds um, amazing. Yeah, it was, it was uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, and how, how do they do it now? Dressed in vans, I guess. That's right? what I was asking, and nobody seemed to know. It must just be in vans, because <laughs> you see postal vans and yeah. that. Yeah. But do you do get mail trains? You know, in all the best old films, yeah, you, you had the mail trains. hanging in in a bag, yeah. and the tr- steam train went through yeah. and grabbed it. So I yeah. don't know how they do that now. And cowboys have robbed the mail trains, and absolutely, that, they? because that's also how you transfer. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Stuff yes. like that. Yeah. That's so, fascinating. Yes, so that's that a good day. Who did you go with? I belong to U3A, University of the Third Age, which is an organisation for people who are retired. Yes. So that they keep learning. It sounds oh, like you're going to be a suicide pact or something. <laughs> it sounds like you're going to be found dead in a bingo hall. <laughs> University of the Third Age. That's terrifying. Mm. Terrifying, yeah, but that's good. It, yeah, do lots of interesting things. So. That's great. Yeah, yeah, I like the sound of that. Have you got any other things lined up with U3A? U3A. And you also well, do spice, don't you? Do That's another one well. where it's just people again, yeah. just people who want to spice meet up and go and do okay, stuff. Yeah, I mean, is that where you have a dinner on the tube? <laughs> I have done. Yeah, we had we played tubop. Tubopoly. Yeah. <laughs> what? Which is great. You what had, like live monopoly? I can't say it. Yeah, yeah. You, you had to go and take photos of all the different tube, tube stations, stations, and they were the green or the red, and yeah, yeah. and you had to. We failed, but <laughs> it was good fun, hopping off, on and off. This is all the ex- exciting things that Sorry. you've been doing since you yes. retired. I, I guarantee... Tim, what are you doing? No, no, I just want to ask quickly, because yeah. loads of people I know of my age have the same idea for when they're retired. Have you got anything planned or anything you think of, oh, oh when I'm retired? No, I don't see that day I coming. I always have... Again, I talk to loads of people about this, but... There's always box sets, I think. Oh, I can no, I'll well, I do. The Wire. I'll rewatch The Sopranos. I think I haven't seen Treme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I need to do that. And it's live. so boring. It's genuinely, everyone I know who yeah. any thought they have of retirement, it's like, 
I'll start Sopranos again at the beginning, or I'll start this and start that, and you're off going on tune properly and enjoying yourself and having fun. Well, have you got anything else planned? We have any of those, those Well, with Spice, I'm going to um, the Ritz for a yep. magic show. All right. So that, that sounds cool. Years ago, when I first joined Spice, yeah. some of the it, it's um, it's for people who are by themselves. Yeah. But there are couples that go on things as well. So it's just nice that at a weekend, if you're by yourself and you yeah. want to go out for a meal, you haven't got to ring up all your married friends and go, yeah, yeah. can I come with can I come <laughs> And so you can join Spice. Can I ask why it's called Spice? I've no idea. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but it's all over the country. And um, I, I belong to Spice London, but I've been to events with Spice Scotland right. and Spice Midlands. And so it's all over. Um, but the first thing I did with them was I went badger watching. Because no. <laughs> I thought it's something I'd, I'd, yeah, I would go think to do. I wouldn't say to my friends, oh, go watch. <laughs> and, and then after that, I went walking with wolves. Amazing. Oh, and the wolf was sniffing my, my hands and I'm like, oh my God. That's amazing. That's amazing. Jason so, Reed of the, the Stop a Search podcast, he would go badger watching. He's the one that's always trying to find that honeycomb. Yes, bless him. <laughs> He'd go badger watching. He recently saw a badger and baby badgers yeah. and text us excitingly in a group message. And then I saw him tweet it as well. Yeah. And he said he'd post it in every group message he'd found, but he just... He saw badgers and baby badgers. Well, there's a talk in a couple of weeks down at uh, Mucking yeah. about badgers. I think right. I'll wander along to that. So. Well, nice. Well, yeah, sorry. I'll, <laughs> I'll let you get off to Samaritans if you've uh, okay. been well, scuffing through that. Well, thanks, I'm sorry thanks I can't by. stay long. Have you got anything else you'd like to plug? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At Jenny, what is it? One, 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 one oh nine two. One oh nine two on Instagram and, and, and Twitter. And Twitter. We thought each other. No idea. No idea. <laughs> just, just it was the available Jenny. Just, yeah. Perfect. Well, Scrambled up numbers. Well, thanks. <laughs> well, by the time this has come out, we're doing a mum a mum wars with oh, really? cinema podcasts. And oh wow, you're familiar with cinema? They're a great podcast where it's an Irish couple, um, Dave and Kathy. And they, they, it started because they lived a mile this from is the mile podcast. cinema. Yeah, yeah. And they, yeah. They walk back from that and do a podcast. And Kathy had her mum on once. And it was a popular episode. Yeah. And they'd heard my mum on mine. And it was a popular <laughs> episode. And they suggested that, originally, they suggested that my mum go on theirs. Yeah. But then they messaged me to say, um, oh, we're not allowed to. <laughs> DM your mum on Twitter. She's not got them open to us. So so they instead suggested that we do a mum war. So me and my mum will go to the cinema and Kathy and her mum will go to the cinema to see the same film and then we'll, we'll both review it. And the film that, that Kathy has chosen is Skyscraper. Amazing. The new rock film. <laughs> Clearly a uh, diary. I'm so looking forward so to it. So by the time this comes out, obviously we are recording this in advance. But yeah, we'll be... We'll, have, we'll been, have done that. So you would have been on the podcast three times this year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love it. With okay. that, I'll, I'll do a hasty retreat. Yeah, well, I hope Samaritan's <laughs> goes well. The back door's open if you want to pop that ice cream in the I'll freezer. I'll pop the ice cream in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because at the moment you might need a straw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you. Hey, I may fun. see you in Scotland. Um, <laughs> in Edinburgh. Oh, great, yeah. <laughs> Uh, would you like a party hat? Oh, I'd love a can party. You can take a party hat Thank and a, and a blowout to Samaritan's. That'll really that'll confuse, cheer someone up. That'll confuse them when Have they go fun. into the centre wearing Yeah, it will. 
Have fun at the Samaritans. <laughs> See you later. See you later. Oh, yeah, the mirror. So I found that. A rubbish tip. No. Me and my mum were clearing out her loft and we did six runs. See you later. Bye. And we did six runs to the tip and on one of them I saw that and I was like, I'm going to ask them if I could just have it. And I went and asked the people and they Mm. said, you can't, but if you just take it, no one will know. So I took it. That is definitely a cursed mirror. Yeah, it's pretty scary, isn't it? Yeah. Bro, well, there you uh, go. What an amazing at least you had surprise, one surprise that was. Guest, that was genuinely very thrilling. <laughs> when we was on, I met Brett at the train station, and my mum had said that she might pop in. And when we were in the fish and chip shop on the way, my mum texted saying, "On my way," and I texted again, "Yeah, we're not back, so just chill out for a little bit." <laughs> <laughs> what a treat! There we go. So, um, obviously, I've prepared s- 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 some notes for the the podcast. So. Okay. Since the last time you were on, yeah, um, you've had a great series of stand-ups on Netflix and a really good book, uh, <clears throat> and you were on R- Room 101, QI, and, and Would I Lie to You, which are some of my favourite shows, yeah. and your band, The Wow Scenario, <laughs> finally released their album after... Yeah, yeah. That's the James that's section, the James isn't A-Caster it? That's the James yeah. Acaster section, <clears throat> isn't it? But... Do you want to talk about that, though? Let's I mean, talk, his Netflix special is so good, isn't so it? So good. It's so good. We're meant to be mean and nasty to him because he blew us out last minute, but it's really good, isn't it? It's it's really fucking brilliant. It's, it's great. Four hours. Yeah. And it's a weird one because people struggle to have time to watch anything. Yeah. So to recommend... Because it is a series of stand-up specials that works best if you can watch them in quick succession. Yeah. Like, night after night or even in one night. I watched them in two. In I did them in two, two nights, games, yeah. yeah. And it was just, it's amazing. It's so well done. It's so well constructed. It's Stuart Lee levels of construction and yeah. making it all link in and twist round. I, yeah. And his book is as well. It's, I, I, I read that on the, the journey to and from London for a while and genuine laugh out loud moment. So it's he's kind a of stand up that makes that he's killing it. Stand ups want to quit stand up. Yeah. He's very, very, very good. Would have been great if it made it along, uh, but, um, but in the U section, yeah, go on. <laughs> um, so the last time you were on, it was just as Super Bob was coming out, wasn't it? The first yeah, time, yeah, sorry, first time before were you and John? Us, yeah, so drunk cast doesn't count because that was a horrible mess, <laughs> and we all know I ended up sh- shitting in a, a bush on the way home. <laughs> so <laughs> and none of us really know from it, and we made it a, home. That was, that was the drunk cast after, yeah. The first yeah. one was just Ramesh struggling to get up the stairs. That was yeah. hilarious, though, wasn't it? That. You, me, Stu and Chris remained in the studio bit getting the files and you and Ramesh said goodbye. <laughs> then we came out and you were still struggling up the stairs. Then you said goodbye. Then when we came out 10 minutes later, you were just stood out the front. Yeah. I mean, in a right old mess. And he kept going, oh, if I leave me. And I thought, you're, you're going to die. I can't leave you. I can't leave you. He's smashing. Not that we should just talk about our friends that aren't he. But, yeah. But, but he's smashing it as well at the moment, isn't he? He's got a, se- a series, uh, Showtime series, coming yeah. out in America. Which looks films. great. Yeah. All about him being an immigrant in America, but with his crazy uncle, who now f- follows me on Twitter, which I'm very excited <gasps> no. about. Um, and his mum and everyone. And I've only seen clips of it, but he's, he's, he's talking to comedians in... Pies and shops. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure the exact name of it, but... I think it's Ramesh has a pie in a shop with comedians. It's punchy. 
<laughs> no, but it's great. The bits yeah. I've seen of it. Because it's just... It's... And he's got a sitcom. He's made a sitcom. Has I he? Mean, yeah. I didn't even know he'd made a sitcom. I mean, I think it's probably editing now. Yeah. Maybe this is not allowed to be said. Except it was announced, I yeah. think. That's fantastic. Yeah. He's smashing it, isn't he? Yeah. The swine. I wonder if... I always think, God, he's got three kids. How can he be so productive? And I'm like, oh, maybe because you have three kids, you don't want to be home. Yep. So you just That's go... a good clue. Or you realise the value of the limitation on your time. So the spare time you do have. Um, Stu Mangan, f- f- Flamejol, 76. He's got many names. He was right, okay. he did produce under Flamejol. I've not just started having a fit. <laughs> um, he did produce under F- Flamejol. He now produces under 76. And he produces Hardcore Listing. And Stu Whiffin's new podcast, Off the Beat and Track. Um, yeah. But he's got three kids... And he puts out a mixtape every, like, month or two. And he produces two podcasts a week for hardcore listening. And and that always blows me away. And he'll also, every... I mean, it means... (laughs) This is going to sound harsh, but it means it's taken the value off his recommendation of TV shows, but he's literally seen everything and loved most of it. Of TV shows. On Netflix, he'll recommend every show. He'll he'll constantly (laughs) has anyone seen this? It's really good. I'm two. I'm four episodes in, and it's like, how are you watching everything and having three kids and a full time job and producing? You and me are both workaholics. I think maybe we should have kids, and it would double our output. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's it it take us on to the next level. Yeah, but you've been a super productive since a Super Bob. I mean, we've not really talked about how Super Bob was it all coming out on that because it got amazing reviews. It kept going to more and more film film festivals. It is yeah. the constant struggle, though, of films that aren't a blockbuster in yeah. the UK, is that it's hard to get them in, in, in the cinema. I spoke about this with Simon Pegg recently in relation to... Because his new film company, he was saying they're, 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 they're making t- t- TV shows yeah. as a company and they're making films as passion projects because yeah. those films are still important to be made. And it was... It's something that scares me a lot, and we spoke a little bit about a Paddy Considine's Journeyman. Yeah. Which is amazing. I've seen it, yeah. It blew me away. Yeah, I, I genuinely... I'm a huge fan of Paddy, and I went in ready to not enjoy it. Because I know he's such a big boxing fan. Right. And I, I like a bit of boxing, but I'm not, I'm not like into boxing films as a genre. Mm. And it was just absolutely amazing. And I know that he had some turmoil over the fact that you do a band and you play to empty rooms day in, day out, and you'll do it because you love it. You do a film, and if the first few rooms are empty, it's not getting in any other rooms. Yeah. And it's horrendous and painful, and you slave over these these works of art. So how is that kind of, from your perspective, as, as someone who has with a see, film, with has it made you change your outlook and perspective? Because no. we did it at the Prince Charles, and obviously it was... Yeah, that was when the best screenings we had, amazing. Yeah. I mean, the thing, it's sort of, all. I guess it's all like perspective or whatever, because you can get annoyed about stuff, but it's one of them things with Superbob that like, the people that did see it and that love it are so nice about it. And like, we got invited every year now, Croydon Comedy Festival want to screen it every year, part of their festival. And we went, me and John went just just this time to a screening in the Q&A. And we haven't watched it, I haven't watched it in like 18 months. 
because I'd seen it a lot. Yeah. But yeah. I went watching. We weren't even going to watch it. We were just going to introduce the film and go for a thing. But there was this audience there, and they laughed at the beginning. We were like, "Oh, hello!" <laughs> and then we sat down at the back and we watched it, and it was so nice. And it turned out that like half the audience had already seen it mm. loads of times, and they were just like, "And you go, that's." F- nice and it's a reminder every now and then you go oh it's nice that this thing did have an effect even if it was on a small amount of people but there is the reality i don't know if we said this when we did the podcast that without did i tell you the story about bad robot did i tell you that story if we've said this please cut it out if we said it in the last one but when we were trying to get super bob distributed when i realized why it was difficult because we had i think odeon uh had seen we'd sent it to them and they said, this is a brilliant film and we won't be showing it. Right. And I was like, can you tell me why? Because we were having a lot of problem getting it out. Yeah. And I said, can you just be honest? Like, if you don't like it, that's fine. But if you do like it, why are you saying you like it? We won't see it. And they said, the problem is, although we think your film is good, we need people to know your film exists. Mm. And if we have three screens and Transformers have paid us an enormous amount of money for all our screens, if we're mm. going to give you a screen and you don't have any money to advertise your film or market your film, yeah. as good as your film is in that screen, the only person you can tell them is that the ticket at the box office, someone goes, you should see Superbomb, which probably won't work because they're there to see Transformers. Yeah, yeah. So we're not going to make money out of you, so that's why we're not doing it. And we had a meeting in America with Bad Robot, and this was when I was like, oh, this is how it works. Is We were telling this man about Superbomb, and he said, oh, yeah, we've got a, a small independent film we're making, and he said, uh, and I said, oh, how's it going? He said, oh, yeah, we're spending five million on the film and 50 million on marketing. Wow. And that was their small one. And I was like, oh, then we've got like 2,000 pounds in our yeah. marketing and uh, advertising budget. So it's like, we can put up some posters and like, that's it. And we've that's got. About it, it's so it's. Crazy, so there's the reality it? of it. It doesn't matter how good your film is if it doesn't have a million pounds behind it to promote it. There's that myth of Clerks, you know, the film Clerks. Yeah, Everyone yeah. goes, oh, it only cost 18p. It's like, yeah, the film cost 18p, but they spent millions promoting Marketing, it and yeah. putting it out. How do you feel about the cinemas? I know there's a thing where s- certain c- cinemas will do a vote to have it screen thing. Oh, yeah, did our Super screen. Bob do any of yeah, yeah, we did do screen. that, yeah. How do you feel on that? Because, again, it's a weird one. It's It's not... I understand it as yeah. trying to find a solution, but for me, it's not what cinema should be. A cinema should be curated in some yeah. way. It should be, again, it, but again, it's businesses, so it can't be, but it should, I, I'm almost a villain in this situation because I love an empty cinema. Oh yeah, me too. And that's, <laughs> me the, too. And that's the, the, the death of it. I'll yeah, go and yeah. see these amazing films with no one there and be delighted. When yeah. the fact is that means in a year, they're not going to show any films like that. Yeah. Again. Yeah. But how do you uh, feel on them R screen type things? Because again, I guess it's a way of drumming up. Well, it worked. You know, it worked for Super Bowl. We got we got a lot more screenings out of it because of our screen. Yeah. But it. But I agree with you in that it's it just is more work for people, and you sort of yeah. think just give it to they just want to give it to them, and but you're sort of having to make people work because you're having to go. Look, you we need the, you to give us a hundred names, and then yeah. we can. Uh, yeah, it feels like the old pay to play of. Of, of small bands yeah was that kind of thing or, or or you can have this gig if you can bring 50 people is the way which was always yeah. seen as the evil pr- promoters because again the clue is in the title promoter yeah you're exactly. the one that's meant to get the people in it's not meant to be oh you bring the people 
and we'll put you on a site. So, so what are you doing again? Yeah. So that's that's. But then you have places like Picturehouse Central, yep. which do do what you said, which is sort of, they do sort of curate stuff and they show yeah. stuff that isn't showing anywhere else, and you kind of trust them. And the go, Prince well, Charles and the Curzon yeah. ones as well. All of those, you'll kind of go, all right, I'll give that a look. Yeah. So I guess you have to build a. I don't know. It's very difficult. I had an argument with my friend in America, and he said, you tell me what you make of this. He was like, well, cinema now should just be big spectacle stuff, should just be Avengers, should just be massive special effects things. And small films, like dramas with people, should be for Netflix and TV. And I was like, fuck no. I I understand it. Yeah. um, Because I understand that sci-fi superhero films things like that are the ones that not only on a box office thing that benefit more from being on a big screen yeah with big speakers but that's buying into the illusion that film is about big and explosions the fact is the cinema for me it isn't about 3d it isn't about 4d i think they're fun if they're in the right context a cinema for me is about being able to lose yourself completely in a film so even if it's a film i saw dark river yeah, in the, the cinema this year, and it took my breath away. Yeah. Quite literally, I was stunned and uncomfortable at points at just how powerful it was. And it's because I had no distractions; I was completely in that world. And it's I described it as um, as the bleakest episode of Emmerdale ever because it, <laughs> it, it is this it's this farm story, but it's bleak and horrible. And there's there's domestic abuse. There's all mm. sorts of horrible stuff in there, but. It was amazingly powerful. Whereas I watched God's Own Country on Netflix and I really enjoyed it, but I don't think I was drawn in as much. And I don't think it's because one film is better than the other. I mean, they probably are. It's all perspective. But I think the reason I was so much more moved by the Dark River was because I saw it in that situation. No, No distractions. No, yeah, no pulls in to pop to the toilet just you're there you're locked in and there's that tension and i saw 45 years at the cinema which i now think is one of my all-time favorite films i've not seen it and it's just an old couple and it's very slow and not much happens and it happens quite slowly but it builds and builds and the climax is one of the most like intense yeah things i've ever like emotionally intense and it's just been this slow creeping build the whole time but i think if i'd have watched that at home I probably would have given up. I don't think I'd have. Yeah. I think I'd have checked my phone. I'd have been. It's things are going on. Like I just wouldn't is, have got into it. There is something about that being f- forced to go at the pace of mm. the film. I watched. Um, I recently had a little writing retreat in Portugal. Oh yeah, because my uncle's got a flat there alone. Alone, yeah, really? just to get How writing done. I went for a week. I really enjoyed it. It yeah. rained all week. And my uncle kept messaging that, being like, I'm so sorry, the weather's bad. I was like, I'm here to work. This is perfect. It means I'm yeah. just, I'm near the sea. I've got rain. I've got, I don't know anyone. There's not a cinema I can go to. Right. I've not got Sky. All that kind of thing. So I've yeah. not got distractions. But what I did do was take a box set of Jean-Pierre Melville films, okay. yeah. who I think is amazing. I hadn't watched any at that point, but my, my brother had got it for me a few birthdays ago, I think, and I just hadn't got around to it. And it's going to sound like a weird thing, but the thing with my uncle's place in Portugal, because it's a holiday-type home, it's got sh- shutters, which right. go to pretty much pitch black, oh, 
which made it cinema-like. And because, again, I was away, I was off social media and had my phone on airplane mode for most of the day, because the point was, because I'm sure you'll relate to this, but if you set out... I've made the mistake in the past of going, I need to get some writing done. Here's when I need to do it. Even though I've not got a deadline, I'm setting it for myself. And I realised on this retreat, I was like, right, I'm going there to get writing done. I hope to get some done. But I'm taking some good books. I'm only taking films that are have artistic value rather than just whatever's on the TV. And with that, the, sh- the shutters and everything, Melville and it's I love f- French cinema anyway, and it, or a lot of European cinema because of its a willingness to take its time to yeah. not rush. It's not scared of silence. It's not scared of space. And I adored. All six of the films in that box set, absolutely adored them. Right. Um, and then I came home and I ordered his most famous film, Le Samurai. And I watched it recently in my living room at, in Stamford and I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it half as much. Yeah, yeah, that's the more critically acclaimed one. And I think there was a difference in the isolation, yeah. in the not having any distractions, in the feeling like I'm in dark or being in darkness. And yeah. That's it's it. a weird one, but those things... Why we need the cinema. It really is. And it's... I don't know what the solution is. It saddens yeah. me a bit. Uh, can I tell you the end of the super, the point about Superbox? Yes. Is that... Uh, so we had to do our own promotion and stuff, which meant mostly, you know, fucking Twitter and Facebook. And I am very bad at self-promotion. I feel sick every time I post something saying, come and see this. Yeah, I sort of yeah. want to apologise and, and hate myself. But we did so much of it to the extent that I was like, people are going to stop following me. This is really bad. Every yeah. day we're posting about Super Bob. And, you know, Brian Gittins kept texting me, stop posting about Super Bob. And it's like, <laughs> I have to. We haven't got any, you know, we don't have, a, we don't have an advert. Yeah. And, and, then, and we did and all then, this stuff. And then Gittins texts me saying, stop posting about Super Bob. <laughs> yeah. I love it though. <laughs> and we did all this stuff. And then, th- and then so three years later, it popped up on my Facebook. Me and John kept talking about like, are we doing mm. too much? Are we posting this too much? Three years later on Facebook, it popped up like three years ago, one of those memory things. Yeah. And it was the day our Empire review came out and it was this four-star review and I'd taken a picture of it and mm. written this nice thing about me and John. This was a dream country and all this. And I reposted it like, oh, look at this. And more than nine people on my own Facebook said, amazing, Brett, when's this coming out? And I no, wanted to it? cry. <laughs> it's the realisation. Again, like, it's what? what I, I have a few people... Get, get mad at me for posting about merch too much and stuff like that. Mm. And the fact is, seventy percent or so of the people following you aren't paying attention to it, yeah. aren't seeing it. So for them, you're posting it for the. The fact is, every time I do a merch post, I sell some merch. Really, wow! Without fail. So it means that every time, despite the fact I've said, "Look, here's my merch," slash. L- l- look, I've got abs now. Whichever of the yeah. two I'm doing the post it's for, mostly that. Um, someone hasn't hasn't seen that, and that has an effect. And it's. I wish there was an option, like if someone had bought, if someone buys Superbob, that they could like opt out of Superbob tweets that yeah, it stops. Yeah, and, and I'm and like, you've earned that. I don't. I shouldn't have to advertise to you anymore. It's weird, isn't it? But again, yeah. the example I have is I have people constantly asking uh, when my next gig is. And stuff like that. And it's always yeah. like, I've posted about that so much and talked about it on the podcast so many times that people are sick to death of it. But You realise yeah. no one, no one's paying attention, no one cares. No one's paying attention. And that's because we're all the lead in our own film. And yeah. we all, f- it's, that's the reason on both ends of it. Yeah, For yeah, you, yeah. you've posted about it constantly. 
but that's because you're hyper aware of every post you've done. No one else is. How many times has... I mean, I guarantee there's even certain people involved in Super Bowl that you're not really sure if they posted about it or not. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because they might have posted a few times, yeah. but you're so focused on your own thing and your own self-consciousness of is this too much that... Yeah. yeah. It's weird, though. Yeah. But it's great. Yeah. And I love it. But has it changed your outlook? Because you've done... your. I'm sure there's tons that we can't talk about, but you're a uh, wonderful yeah. writer and successful writer, and Thank you. you've you have things in production, signed off or close to, and things like that yeah. all the time. And I know that we've had conversations now where you've been, oh, 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 what do you think of this person or this person? Because you're having to think rather than only are they right in this role, yeah. you're you're having them them push to you because they're a big name or yeah. this or that, and. Yeah. Whereas before Super Bob, I think you would have always gone artistically. That is right. That is wrong. Whereas now, is there that element of, well, of playing a, the game a bit? There's a realism of. I suppose I, I, my my love for film has not diminished in any way. Mm-hmm. I still want to make films. Uh, I still want to watch them at the cinema. Yeah. But I am more aware of the reality of if you don't have if you if you're making a film and you don't put someone whose number like there's literally numbers next to all actors names that go into a formula that mean how much money you'll get for a budget and if you don't have names that are with big numbers next to them you won't get any money for your films you can still try and make your film but you'll be making it if particularly if your film is ambitious or needs special effects or does something that will that does cost money you're in a tricky position where you go, well, let's just make it ourselves. But you go, not only will it be very hard, and you can do that, but getting it out will be the hardest bit. Yeah. That's the thing I've learned. The hardest bit is getting it out. You can make it all in your own house, but getting someone to see it. Yeah, it's a fascinating one because I've, I've got um, a feature that I've, I've written that my I was, I've, I've finished it recently and I sent it to my agent. He really likes it. And he was sending me a list of, production houses who thought would be good right and it's all uk all kind of indie varying in size and when we had our meeting about it he was surprised that i was saying can we look at some french production houses because i genuinely (laughs) think that they're doing something at the moment with films like or the fact is i think the french i'm sure i might have discussed this with simon Pegg previously so apologies but uh, in short britain went through or english-speaking countries went through the experience of star wars and things like that Mm. that something has to be a spectacle to be big rather than it has to be artistic merit before that the biggest films were gone with the wind with this and that and then star wars happened it became has to be a spectacle non-english-speaking countries didn't go through that as much because they were never making things that got that huge Mm. things so i think there is an outlook of the french and the example i had was i had a great chat on the podcast with uh, Coralife Fargay, who made a revenge, and Matilda Lutz oh, is wow. in it, and it's fantastic. And the film I did last year that comes out did, uh, this year, Kill Ben Like, is made by Owen Maniopoulos, who's, who's, who's French, and it's a French production. It happens to be English speaking, and there seems to be more and more of that happening. And again, it just kind of feels like they're the countries and English indies if they're if they're Again, making it as a, a passion project. Yeah. But I like that in Europe, in France, and a few of these, there there seems to be more people who are going. No, we just 
we want to make a good film. Yeah. We're not looking at all the other kind of areas, which I like that. And, and that yeah. excites me because again, like the, the, the film I've written, it's not a blockbuster in any way. It right. never will be. It's not, there's no, it's the, the, the only thing I can save from a market inside of it that's positive is it'll be quite cheap to make. <laughs> so and you've got a artistically, I'm really pleased with it and I think it's great and I think we can make something of genuine worth. But on that side of it, yeah. it's like, we're not going to have loads of big, big famous people in it. There's like two or three characters in total and I'm totally playing one of them. Great. So we're not getting these huge people. Do you need a big eyebrow guy for one of the other guys? <laughs> Let's see. There you go. It's all cast. All right. But yeah, it's a fascinating one, the way that's all changing. But speaking of the cinema and films, yeah, I'm going to g- 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 go to my list because you're kind of responsible in many ways, I think, for my end of year film podcast and posts, or partly because we would email yeah. each other kind of our favourites and things like that. And then I started to post them on social media and they went down well and then I made a podcast of it and yeah, right, they've gone down nicely. Um What's been your... Oh, first of all, let's deal with The Greatest Showman. Right. Because you adored that, didn't you? I, I, I went on Boxing Day. Yeah. With, uh, with, uh, I went to see, with my lady, went to see, the what's the one? The Disasterized. We're going yep. to see The Disasterized. Yep. Uh, which I have mixed feelings about, if I'm honest. Yeah. Because I felt a bit like I'm not... It's one of the things... I think it was sort of good and well made and well done. But I'm never entirely sure if we're laughing at someone with serious mental health issues. I'm not quite sure what the. I feel a bit uncomfortable with the. What is the, the it's, target? Yeah, it's like the Brian Gittins and Friends podcast. Are we laughing at Dave <laughs> yeah. Edwards? Is there something genuinely wrong with Dave yeah. Edwards? Or is it okay to laugh at him? I've met it's, him. It's okay to laugh at him. He's There's lovely. Something genuinely wrong with him. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's embracing <laughs> but he's, it. But no, I get that. I, I enjoyed the disaster artist, but it didn't blow me away. And there was that kind of. Yeah. I think. Franco did an amazing job, but yeah. was it? I'm I don't, yeah, it's a troublesome and weird yeah. thing, isn't it? And particularly, I don't think they played it completely for laughs, though, which I no, thought was I quite thought... good. That's what that's if it had been completely, oh, look at this crazy guy. Yeah, the laughs come because they would have in real life. If yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it doesn't feel as if they overegged it. Yeah, I'm not saying great. I think it's complicated, and yeah. I felt a bit like, am I watching someone be bullied? Am I watching a big budget bullying a man or not? I don't know. That's interesting, yeah. And particularly then, you know, at the Golden Globes where James Franco sort of pushed Tommy he Rizzo out of the way. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. He, he, he's the reason you're here? I don't yeah, know. It's a yeah. sort of sadness about it. And, and also it made because, a funny, playful moment, but yeah, yeah, how much of a... But then I suppose the different because I've never, I've seen The Room, mm. and isn't the point of it isn't the fear that you and I as creators that we're all Tommy Wiseau mm. isn't yeah, that yeah, it is yeah, it yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah, watching yeah, going what that. if that's yeah isn't that it I don't know because <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, I'm not confident enough to yeah. watch the room and go ha you fucking idiot I'd never make <laughs> something like that because I'm thinking maybe that's what <laughs> you know completely maybe we're all Tommy Wiseau yeah who that's who are we to, to, to judge yeah and the, the room's done very well He's playing, still it. playing. And he tours. And, yeah. yeah. So, But anyway. Anyway, I went so to see, went to see that. And, it, you know, and, and we were in, I won't name the cinema, because I, uh, although it's a lovely cinema, but then being naughty, because oh, it was like, uh, afternoon we were like, oh, we came out of one screen, and there was a screen next door. We didn't know what was on, and but we like poked our head in, and it was only the adverts. Oh. We were like, let's see, let's go, you know, little treat. Did you know you were on a, 
on a date with a rebel. <laughs> I was like, buckle up, we're going in this one. We went in, sat at the back, oh, a little surprise. Hope it's not the disaster artist on the screen, the next screen as well. And, and it started, and it was a great show, and I went, oh, fuck, because I thought this looks fucking terrible. But we're here, we've snuck in, that's exciting, yeah. why not give it? And within five minutes, I turned to her and I said, I bloody loved this. Yeah, it was... And I was totally... It was everything you'd ever wanted. Everywhere you'd want to be, wasn't it? It was just (laughs) pure joy. It was so fast-paced. I loved it. But I also know why you wouldn't like it if one didn't. Yeah. But you're also... Look at how it's played out. It's still playing in the cinema. Yeah, it's a fascinating one. Because I didn't didn't hate it. But I went in... And again, like like when I went, it had its run extended and extended. Mm. And people were like... (gasps) It's amazing. And yeah. I went and I was like, why is this <laughs> so big? It, the description so I sent fun. to you, I said, was it's a musical sitting backwards on a chair. Yeah. Like a cool teacher who spun <laughs> yeah. the chair and I'm like, hey kids, we're going to do a musical. Yeah. And it, it felt like it that. The, me. The, yeah, the fact that it kept going to kind of hip-hop beats and stuff like mm. that, it felt, that always felt cringy to me th- throughout. I enjoyed it in many ways. It's fun and throwaway. And I think it's because it's sort of catchy. unashamedly cheesy. Like, it's, I yeah. don't think it's trying to be cool. Yeah. I think it is. I a- do think it's trying to be cool. And I mm. think that you're not into music enough to have noticed... <laughs> The bits where it was clearly just going, now let's go for a Beyonce type beat. Oh, yeah. Maybe I was just going, oh, it's like Beyonce, I love it. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, uh, anyway, the, that was that. Um, things on my list I've seen uh, this year, or basically, as you know, I'm, I, I now, yeah. I list everything as I go and see it in the year. Okay. But what I do is I put a star by the ones that I think that's going to be Need to talk a to potential, potential year. Okay. Film of the year. So I've got a f- right. or, or one of them was technically out last year. So in the first week of the year, I yeah. always go and see loads because no one's at the cinemas. Yeah. So, as, so I saw Blade of the Immortal, which oh, was amazing, which, yeah. and you didn't come and see because you said it's over two hours long and it's got <laughs> subtitles. And I was like, I thought you were into films, Brett. But anyway, <laughs> Star Wars. A lot. I don't know if this is what I've written or it's autocorrected, but I've only just noticed it. Yeah. And if it's my own joke, I'm laughing at my own joke here, but I've got Star Wars, Last Jedward. <laughs> <laughs> which I hope I'm I joke, but I think it might be. Um, and then I've got Jumanji, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Jumanji is fucking but, um, brilliant. The one with a star next to it is a f- uh, f- Florida Project. Yes. Which is amazing, because we've discussed this off. It was off. my number one last year. It was so, so good. And yeah. Tangerine had been in my top, was probably my number one the year before, the year before that, I can't think. But which was his film before that. And I thought that was amazing, but he's lucked out on finding the right people mm. to just, like you could think if Shane Meadows only made a one good film, it'd be luck. That he's found yeah, yeah. Tommy Turgos on the street and that's it. Perfect. Gold. Yeah. But he's done it numerous times, and it was the same with this. The yeah. two, the two leads he put in this were just mind blowing. It's one of the most emotionally moved I've been in the film because it. I think I discussed this with you afterwards, but it doesn't. The performances are so real, or the 
the performances aren't from actors, and that's what that's what he does great. It's real mm. people that he puts in there, which meant I kind of forgot I was watching a film. Yeah. So when it got emotional or something heavy happened, it fucking hurt. It yeah, was real. Yeah. It wasn't just detached characters in the film. It was real people. You're like, ah, yeah. it's heartbreaking. But yeah, amazing. It's a, a real masterpiece, and I watched it a few times to check. To check if it really is. I've not rewatched one it. of the oh, greatest, and it is on Blu-ray, and I've not, I've not rewatched yet. But it'll probably. I'd be surprised if that's not in my top ten of all time. Um, so, a one that's on my list that hasn't got a star by it. Yeah. Or two that hasn't got a star by it. Actually, Bright, I really enjoyed. I've seen it. And L- Last Flag Flying. Oh right, the Richard Linklater. Yeah, and I love Linklater. I got yeah. inv- invited to a screening, and I thought I'd seen the trailer and thought I like everyone involved, but I'd yeah. seen the trailer and thought this looks boring. fucking boring. Yeah. yeah, it's a load of old guys <laughs> on the road on the way to a funeral. It sounds depressing. But it was number one. It's great. Number okay. two, it's got w- w- one of my favourite scenes I've ever seen in the cinema. What? Um, and it was it's all the old blokes. Oh, is it? It's it's what's his name off Breaking Bad? Brian Cranston, Lawrence Fishburne. Yep. Steve Carell. Yep. Yep, that's right. And there's a young lad in there as well. And it's them four in the back of a train going somewhere and they're just telling stories and they're in tears of laughter. And it's yeah. so, so great because it's like this can't be scripted because yeah. honestly the laughter is so like they're falling apart. Tears. It's, yeah, it's amazing. And it was genuinely, as a film I enjoyed it, as that one... One little scene, I was like, that's just, they've just filmed them making up stories. And Uh, because it's not got the ridiculousness of a a 40-year-old version or one of them where they clearly spitball stuff and they're they're making stuff up to to pop each other and to to make each other corpse, because they're all there meant to be telling stories because they're all old soldiers. So they're kind of in the back and reminiscing about the old days. And it's just beautiful because I guess the beauty is you're allowed to leave them coaxing in yeah you, you're allowed to leave the laughter in because they're, they're meant to they're trying to make each other laugh they're trying to uh, one up each other and it's, oh, it's beautiful. laughing is the hardest acting it's the yeah. hardest thing to act yeah yeah laughter crying's everything's easy except laughing I, yeah. when i see an actor do proper laughing i'm like oh you're good when when oh, we were real. doing Corner Boys, it's yeah. just made me think of that. The the scene that never, I don't think it ever made it because we had it, to cut because every time we tried to do it, we, we were, such good actors. were just laughing too <laughs> much. We were just coursing. Yeah. And that was, was great fun. But yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, I'm not going to go through all the ones that have made my list. I've mentioned Dark River and Journeyman. There's some amazing ones. I'm, I'm going to skip some because I'm still obviously going to do my end of year. But did you see... Are you were never really here. Yes, I did. It's fucking Enjoy brilliant. It. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, I was meant to have Lynn. I was offered <sighs> Lynn Ramsey on the podcast, and I said, L- "Let me see if I like the film first. You, which idiot. I felt like the biggest idiot ever. I've since said, "I'll have her on because because the DVD's <laughs> coming out soon." And they emailed me saying she might be in London in July. <sighs> Oh, would you be up for having her on? I was like, y- "Yes, I would." And then they emailed back saying it looks like she's not going to be going to London. And I said. I'll go to Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Genuinely, I'll travel to Scotland to talk to her because it blew me away. And I'd enjoyed, oh, we need to talk about Kevin, but that's yeah. all I really knew of of her. And because okay. they're 60 to 90 minute podcasts, I'm always really conscious of, unless we've got a real point yeah, yeah. to jump off from, it might not work. But 
then I saw it and was like, I'm definitely up for it. And they were like, you're, you're too late. Oh, I've missed my opportunity. That's awful. It's great though, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, that's And Joaquin Phoenix is just next level in that. He always is. Yeah. I bet he can laugh on cue. I bet he can laugh like nobody's <laughs> business. Um, the Shape of Water is on my list. Yeah. Didn't get a star by it because I enjoyed it but wasn't as blown away as everyone else but I thought it was good. But the only reason I mention it is I went with my girlfriend and it finished and she said, what did you think? And I said, I thought it was great. But I thought it, sh- it should have been called F- Fishman and the Mute. Because <laughs> I don't know what this sh- Shape of Water is all about. They didn't tell me anything about the film. Fishman and the Mute, I would have gone to see that and I would have oh, enjoyed it. opening weekend. Yeah, opening weekend, I would have been there. But anyway. Did she like it? Absolutely loved it, yeah. Okay. Um, one that's got a star by I'm leaving a load of the star ones because I want the end of the year thing. There's, yeah, there's yeah. Basically, there's one that I specifically want to talk about. And then there's the film I saw today. Okay. A, a Ready Player One. Okay. Has that got a star next to it? It's got a star next to it, yeah. Okay, yeah. Did you go and see it? I went to see it at IMAX in 3D. Oh, wow. Did you enjoy proper. it? Uh, Truthfully, I didn't think I'd enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot. It was really good fun. But I can't I can't remember. Uh, two I'd days later, it, I'd forgotten all about it. Yeah, but I, it's, it's exactly that, though. I had a proper really lovely fun. time. And the thing that always gets people angry on my end-of-year film list is I always say, these are the films I've enjoyed the most in the cinema. Yeah. And it's a proper cinema film. Yeah, really fun. It was proper. It felt like the cinema films you go to see as a kid. Obviously, mm. it is Spielberg, and it mm. is referencing every film you've ever seen so that's a fucking easy yeah easy thing but yeah i really enjoyed that, that it is. was really good fun it's interesting i had, again i had someone peg on the podcast recently he was saying that spielberg had to have proper have his arm twisted to have the t-rex in it really and Something there was else. another one from one of his films in there oh the delorean because he didn't want to because he didn't he felt up. it was arrogant but they had to kind of say but you can't put forth a world that Spielberg never... Like, Spielberg, yeah, as, yeah. I know he, for him it's just his stuff, but a world without Spielberg films is yeah. almost too far a leap, despite that. how far yeah. a leap that whole film is. It's like... Yeah. And the way I described it was, it's like a last action hero, where yeah, Arnie yeah. comes out the, the cinema screen and he ha- he's in a world where there's no, there's no Arnie and there's a poster of, of Sylvester Stallone as the Terminator yeah. and stuff like that it's like that's what it would have been it would have felt ludicrous without that You're anyway right. the one I wanted to talk to you about if you've seen it I've banged on about this so much privately and I'm not sure how much on the podcast that's the problem I might be advertising this every every week now but have you seen The Square yes and what did you think uh, I really like that guy I sort of loved it yeah and I think it's got loads and loads of individual bits that are fucking amazing yeah that's exactly I thought as a but film in general it's like, I enjoyed it because I've never seen any European kind of comedy satire yeah uh, which it is it felt it, it didn't it didn't feel like Brit, because it's a bilingual film it's English and Swedish is it I'm not sure it's got a few different yeah, languages so. in there it's a tough premise because it's kind of looking at the art in this art scene and both laughing at it and celebrating its value at the same yeah. time. But number one, the kid in it is one of the scenes that that oh yeah that, 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 that you have in your head is just amazing. But that main scene that's on the posters, yeah, the but... guy on the table again. I don't want to spoil anything too much. That's possibly the best bit of acting I've ever seen yeah. in my life. 
Like genuinely, just from him or from, from everyone, anyone, from everyone anyone. in the scene, yeah, yeah, or, or from everyone and they in did the it, scene. That was three days that shoot, yeah, that bit. I think really, they did it for three days solid. It's like. amazing. I'm going to do a, th- a, a a a thing now that I don't normally do, but we're going to talk with spoilers. So if you've okay. not seen it, okay. just fast forward a bit. At the end of this, we'll pause for ten seconds or fifteen seconds. So if you're skipping, we'll you'll find pause. a gap. It'll be right. easy. But so Starting in this from- scene. Now. From now. Oh, I'm glad those cunts are left. Yeah, pricks who haven't seen the good films. Um, that that scene, it's a guy who, as an art kind of installation, is playing an ape. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got these kind of things on the ends of his arms to extend them to make him have the right length. And he's climbing about. And number one, it's just one of the most stunning performances ever. Yeah. But what it did, it's one of the only performances I've seen that puts you as a viewer almost in the same position as those in yeah. the film. Because what, what happens, it all, it gets out of hand, he's attacking people, and people yeah. don't know what to do, and then he attacks a girl, and it gets so intense that in the end, they all pile on him and beat him to death, essentially. Yeah. So they've just beaten a man to death for an art performance, yet, as they grab him and pile on him, I, I was genuinely like, they've got to. Thank God. They've got to. Th- thank God. Yeah. So you're drawn in... B- by someone's acting performance so much that you're like, well, they have to kill him. Knowing that he's an <laughs> he's actor, a, he's, an he's playing an actor, yeah. essentially. So it's not even like you've got the detachment of the film. In that reality, he's yeah. acting as an ape and you can kind of agree, well, they had to kill him. Yeah. That's a powerful acting performance. You're so right. It's ridiculous. And the girl, and all of the, it's. But what he does, that have you seen his other film, Force Majeure? No, I haven't. Oh, mate. You'll love it's that. Good. Really good. What he does in that film and in all his films is like, there's a scene and you go, oh, this is funny. This is a funny idea. And then the scene goes on a bit too long and then suddenly it's uncomfortable and then suddenly it's quite sort of scary and then it's funny again and then you're uncomfortable. I mean... That's what, exactly what that was. I, uh, yeah. My brother had told me that the film's all right, but this one scene yeah. is amazing. So when it started, I was like, all right, great. And then it just went on and on and I was more and more on edge and more and more... Yeah. Fucking amazing, isn't it? He's one of the apes, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I sent it. I recommended it to Stephen Graham, who isn't here, and Tom. And Stevie watched it that day and was like, "Because again, I said to yeah, Tom yeah. and Stevie, I was like, look, two of you, in all honesty, have given me some some of the moments on screen that I've been most impressed with. Stevie, in there's a speech he does in Boardwalk Empire, and there's numerous b- bits in This Is England, and Tom." in Bronson and in numerous other things just has blown me away. And I was like, you will enjoy this yeah. and potentially be inspired by it. It's like, I've, n- I've never seen anything like this. And yeah, yeah he loved it. But it's amazing, isn't it? And we can yeah. talk about the kid, the kid who clearly acts as if he's a grown-up in it. He's just oh, amazing. Yeah. One of the best performances yeah, ever. He's so genuinely good. intimidating. Yeah. When he's shouting at grown-ups, it's genuinely like, what is he, seven or eight or something? I'm more he's scared small. of the kid than... Uh... Yeah. Eight man. It's terrifying. Yeah. Anyway, let's have our pause now. I felt really uncomfortable not having everyone in. Yeah, yeah I'm, glad I'm glad everyone's back. back now. I'm glad if they've skipped. I've had that before. I've turned, turned, turned podcasts off if they've got onto something that yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't want to hear about. Um, but yeah, so that was great. Um, the The one, there's a load of films on my list. Um, that have got ticks and stuff and stars. But the one that I saw today, yeah, 
that you told me to go and see because you yeah. wanted to discuss it on the podcast is yeah. hereditary. And at this point, it's blown up so huge yeah. that, that we can probably talk spoiler-free anyway because it's been one of the big the yeah. successes, right? How do you want to do it? Well, let's do, do another spoiler-free. Spoiler do you want to have another... All right, listen, let's just skip forward. <laughs> yeah, we'll do another so gap. we'll do another gap at the end if you don't want to hear spoilers on hereditary. But yeah, so what did you think and why were you urgent? You well, were, I, thought you I want to talk it. about it. Yeah, I just thought I want to talk about it because... It's had very mixed, uh, it had mixed in the very screening I was in. The people next to me, as soon as it ended, went, that was the worst film I've ever seen. Really? Whereas me and my lady were wrecks. And I think it's very interesting how it works and what sort of horror does. And I think it affects people in different ways. And to be fair, one of the reasons that it affected uh, the person I was with is because there was a moment in it that was similar to something that had happened in her past with her right. family. So it was upsetting that mm-hmm. they brought, brought that up. And I can't, no one can argue with that. That's what yeah, happened. 100%. Um, but it's also that I think it's what's different about it compared to like, I, there was a moment in it. There's the, the sort of horrific thing that happens quite early on, about yep. half an hour in. Yep. And that moment genuinely, so horrific. it's the first time. I remember I genuinely, my eyes were wide open and my, my mouth was open. Yeah. I, it, feel, it felt like you're acting, yeah. but I'm in a dark room and no one else can see. And I genuinely was like... It's so oh. horrible, isn't it? And was genuinely hands on, yeah. like, sat up, like, hands on the edge, on on, on, on the rests, and, yeah. like, kind of sitting up slightly. And it wasn't just a, um, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's that made like... me jump. And, like... An example of that, I'd say, Ghost Stories is one is a film that's made me jump as much as anything. I love Ghost Stories. I thought it was great, but it's not. It's got still got quite a light and comedic tone, but it hits those beats yeah. of jump, and then you're okay. It's like yeah. you look round, oh, that was silly. Yeah, but the, that wasn't this. This was that hit that beat of jump, yeah. and then. But that's oh what I think makes my it God special or whatever the word is, good or bad, I don't know, but. Yeah. The fact that it was so genuinely upsetting. It wasn't fun. This yeah. terrible thing happens. And then what it did, which was unusual, is it it held on the aftermath, the emotional aftermath. For like 10 minutes, it's like a very long shot of the boy in shock. Yeah. And then yeah. a very long shot of the, the mum crying, which is really upsetting. And that goes yeah. on for ages. Like yeah. It's a long time we're dealing with the real aftershock mm-hmm. of this event mm-hmm. and i think in if it had been like a fun horror film that shocking thing would have happened and whoa and we'd have jumped and then it moves on, on. but this sort of yeah. held for 10 minutes and so emotionally you're very or i certainly was very involved and genuinely upset and thinking oh god i don't think i should be here this is really upsetting me <laughs> and so then when it gets progressively sort of madder and more horrifying you're or i was fully invested in this world these people and just sat there like oh god oh god oh god and it scared uh, so much that when, when I got home, and I've not had this in years, I had just kept the lights on, went to kept the lights on, been so scared. And the thing that scared me most is the people in the corners of the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Because I got corners yeah. all over my ceilings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then that night, and I'm embarrassed to say this, but this is like the power of that film to us. My lady woke me up at four in the morning because I had sleep paralysis. I was having a nightmare about hereditary and was screaming in oh, my sleep. Oh, wow, that's terrifying. That's never happened to me before. So then I was like, 
oh god we've been like haunted by the film and then i regretted i was like i wish we'd never seen that. i wish we'd never seen uh, that uh, I have thought, i got time to put this in the trailer or on the poster <laughs> this film gave me genuine sleep genuine, that's terrifying yeah yeah you see i wasn't as invested in it i go on I, what's your thoughts? I enjoyed it i thought it was fun i thought it got s- s- silly in places there's mm-hmm. certain scenes that are i think again it's a testament to how much that ramped that emotion because there's certain scenes that if they hadn't done that, they would have been laughable. Yeah. Like, like there's certain bits of dialogue or certain bits of yeah. that are just a bit overplayed, mm-hmm. but you can get away with it because of this. So yeah, but I didn't hate it either. I wasn't like, oh, that was awful. By the end, it stopped just short of we've discussed off off the record um, a mother. Yeah. For me, which for me by the end, I was like, "Oh fuck off!" <laughs> like, oh Jesus yeah, Christ! Yeah. Quite literally, Jesus yeah, Christ! Yeah, yeah. And this stopped just short of that, but it started to go there. Yeah, yeah. The, that ended where they start going more and more and more, yeah. and I was like, "I was ready to be you. You do it. You taking the piss out of me now, aren't you? <laughs> There's a camera somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good, and I thought it was jumping. I thought it was it was well done. Um, it's batshit it's, it's yeah, crazy yeah. as all hell but yeah I thought it was good I think I sit in that again annoyingly non-committal kind of I understand why people are, are, are loving yeah. it I don't quite understand why people are hating it I think the people that are hating it are the kind of people that are so uncomfortable with their emotions that when yeah. something scary happens they well, laugh I, think the people that hate I hate the say, laughter in a cinema when yeah. something scary happens it's like it's okay that that was scary. Yeah. You don't have to be. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I think the people that hate it hate where it goes, which is fair yeah. because it goes to a very different place from where it starts. Yeah, yeah. It sort of changes. The end is certainly not what it, half an hour in you think we're headed no, towards. No, no. So I can see why you'd go. And I was like, that's very silly. Yeah. But then the more I thought about <laughs> yeah. it, I was like, oh no, it was all there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had put all the yeah. Keys were there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I saw it again. I saw it in the daytime, but in yeah. absolute darkness, so it worked. But yeah, are we doing our pulls? I mean, we didn't really give any spoilers there. No, I think we handed it. Quite so, so if you have skipped. Let's give the pulls just in case yeah. anyone had skips, because then they'll just skip to the end. Hang on, pulls. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. Well, we thank go. you. You're a, good, you're, a, you're a good man. You do as you tell, and I appreciate that. Yeah, it's because you wanted to discuss it. I, like, I, I mean, I'd, I'd plan to catch it anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, is there anything that, that you've seen this year that you particularly rate, or anything that you're excited about that's on its way? Uh, you like French films? I saw 120 BPM. Did you see that? No, I didn't. It's oh, good. You like that? Yeah. I think so. You might not. All right. That's but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it sounds different. <laughs> A glowing appraisal. Oh, it's French. Oh, it's a bit it. long, but and it's about AIDS. But it's uh, it's really it's just, it's one of them films you watch where you go a bit like Florida Project. We're like, are these actors? How are these yeah, actors? Yeah. This is like everyone's saying. I just genuinely natural. think that there's a bit of a thing at the moment with the French that there's certain restrictions that aren't on them. I genuinely mm. think that. I think there's exciting stuff that's going to be where we get excited as more and more. In England, go well. It'll never get in the cinema. Or it'll never yeah, get yeah. made or whatever else. Rather than, is it a beautiful fucking piece of art? Yeah, I think that isn't so much a thing in in Europe. And that 
That excites me. Yeah, they have they have respect for the old cinema. Uh, what did I see recently that was um, was strange? Someone. Oh, s- s- have you watched Safe no. on Netflix? I thought of it because w- one of the women in it is French, and she was in a series called Spirals, which I really enjoyed. That's um, good. But it's. I really enjoy, enjoyed a Safe. I smashed through all of it in like a couple of days. Um, for the first... This is the thing with Dexter. Yeah. Dexter in England. And for the first episode or so, you're like, what? Because the thing that tweaked for me that made me just switch off and enjoy it was the fact that it's a British... It's a very British story and drama, but mm-hmm. it's made, shot, edited, soundtracked like an American drama. Right. So it's quite jarring at points. At points, it seems hammy. It seems yeah. stupid. It's like, that's ridiculous. But once you just accept the ridiculousness, genuinely enjoyable ride. Um, okay. But yeah, that came to mind then. Um, yeah, is there anything else that you're excited about? Oh, fuck. Uh, Sicario 2's on its way. Yeah, which I'm excited about me. that. Again, I should mention that we're actually recording this in, at the end of June. When so will this come out? It'll be coming out in August. It's from my birthday. Oh, right. I mean, let's talk about your podcast. Jesus, that's oh, yeah, a good that's... thing to talk about. Okay, sure. Imagine if we'd finished the podcast and not mentioned it. Uh, can we pause? Do you do that? No. Yeah, I can pause. Why? Well, what do you want? Uh, I quite like to, to go to the toilet and you go to the say toilet. I'll just, the I'll just. Oh, you want to s- uh, say something off the record? Yeah. Oh, exciting! Okay, let's pause. And we're back, and we've let her fly in. I can hear. That's why I wanted to. That's why I wanted to discuss off the record. <laughs> Just wanted to pause and discuss the fly this? off the record. Who let this fly in? So what we're having? We're going to have a little drink now. Yeah, a little oh. scroobius. I've got some ice for you there. Thank you very much. This is my so, first scroobius. This is interesting because the scroobius got updated. All right, and it's gone to a next next level. This is the scroobius 2018, Shit. but. All that happened on the drunk cast that never got released because it got too messy. Oh. So, brief story. Me, Stu, Chris, and his mate Justin, and their partners, other than me and Chris, we were the partner, all yeah. went away for Stu's, I think it was his 45th birthday. Right. There's a fly in my face. Um, and I brought along some Slingsby rhubarb gin. What? Which is, I know it's weird. I I got sent a load of Slingsbury gin for the podcast ages ago. I'd never tried the rhubarb one. Rhubarb. It seemed a bit much. I made a scroobius from it and was yeah. like, oh, I like scroobius anyway. As you'll know from the drunk cast, Stu has been won over to, to the scroobius. Chris remains a hater of the scroobius. Okay. The rhubarb gin <laughs> scroobius made him a fan. So is the definition of a scroobius is putting Pepsi Max in it? It was g- 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 gin and Pepsi Max. Right. But now it's rhubarb gin. Now it's a rhubarb gin and Pepsi Max is the update. A Slingsbury. Because everyone, like, I'd often have people say, oh, is there a specific gin? And I'd be like, no, just any gin will do. Gin and Pepsi Max. It's not Changed like. your mind. But now it's changed. So I'm going to make you your first Scroobius. It's going to be a Scroobius 2018. Christ. I pour liberally. Jesus. As you can see. So we've got the okay. ice in there. And then we've slung. So Pepsi Max. I've right? got some Pepsi Max. Great. So yeah, I've got some ice in there. I've poured the Slingsbury rhubarb gin over it, and then I've just he's just pouring the Pepsi Max. Topped in. up with liberally, the Pepsi Max. Very it liberal, isn't it? Very liberal. He's a very progressive guy. You see, I pour it 
quite aggressively yeah. so that the ice cubes move and stir it so you're not having all your drink at the at the bottom. Now, have a little have a little go on that, mate. Happy birthday. Thanks, Scroobius Pip. Cheers. Fucking hell, that's delicious. It's nice, isn't it? Are you Scro- enjoying it? Scroobius Pip 2018. It's, it's the one, isn't it? Holy shit. And it's tasty. Yeah. And it's the rhubarb that's made the difference. I don't like rhubarb. And I, thought, I don't either. That's the reason. Yeah. That rhubarb gin has stayed in my cupboard for about, honestly, nervous. two or three years. Right. And then I brought it along to Stu's weekend away because I was like, oh, we'll give it a go. <laughs> and it annoyed me a little bit because everyone else had bought tons of beers and then everyone wanted a Scroobius. And I was like, well, I don't really drink much beer. So all I've, I've brought, I, what I did was bring my drink and now everyone wants to drink my drink. Bloody hell. So you and Chris were partners on that trip? Yeah. Okay. And everyone turned up for Stu's birthday, so... Yeah. Well, she's so a great guy. Turn up for events, isn't it? <laughs> Stu is a really nice guy, to be fair. Anyway. So. Uh, oh, what was it that we were about to talk about? Do you remember? Podcast. I had some, yeah, your podcast, of course. Yeah. So you've got a new podcast. I've got a new podcast, yeah. Uh, I mean, at this point, there'll be a, f- a few episodes out, which I is great. I hope so, yeah, by this point. Because normally, if I have people on to talk about a new podcast, I'll wait until there's a few episodes. Yeah. Because people will often go, they might recognise some names and go and get some others. Yeah. You're starting strong with the names on your podcast. Some big no big hitters. Yeah. Catherine Ryan. James Acaster. He turned up. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) He turned up for yours. James Acaster. There's me. Other people. Scroobius (laughs) Pitt. From the from the Scroobius 2018 yeah, range, yeah. Uh, fuck who else? Stephen Cree from yeah. Outlander, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a cracking lineup, and Nish Kumar, Nish Kumar. That's yeah. I'm glad. Camille got... Chan, BT Edmondson, Rose Johnson, big lineup. Aslin B soon. That's fantastic. And again, yeah. what excites me there is realizing that you. Because you do comedy and you act, mm. you've got a lot of you bump into a lot of different people in a, yeah. a, a lot of different uh, worlds. Tell them what the, the show's called and what it is. The show is called Films to Be Buried with. Yeah, and what happens is the guest comes on. Uh, I tell them they've died. Yeah, <laughs> they get to choose how they died. Yeah, we just talk about death for a bit, yep. and then we discuss their life through the medium of film. Yep. So I ask them. I now think it's twelve questions. And for example, the first question is, "What is the first film you remember seeing?" Yeah, and then what is the film that scared you most? What is the film that made you cry the most? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we talk about films and hopefully their life through their experiences with those films. I loved it. I loved yeah. being part of it and, and 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 thinking about it and being honest with it rather yeah. than trying to pick, trying to pick cool, cool films yeah. or or things I want to plug or things that I want to say oh and actually I know someone who mm. yeah it was great it's a beautiful thing because it the thing I like about that I mean it's it's what I like about students a new podcast as well off the beat and track yeah. is that it it gets you kind of off you're there to talk about f- f- films but films generally have you know, they're marks in our lives. Yeah. They're parts of our lives. So it then... And it isn't it saying, what's your 10 favourite films? It isn't, what's no. your ten, it's more what films. My favourite question in it is the one which is, what film means the most to you because of what happened around watching it rather than the film itself, Mate, like the experience That of, was a hard one Yeah, when I was on. We got pretty heavy and I didn't know yeah. we would. It was a weird one. I, I genuinely, I'd prepared... A different film 
for, yeah. if I didn't want to go there. Because I was like, I don't know if I can go there on this one. And we did. And it was fucking, yeah, yeah. it was great. Yeah. We learned a lot about you on that. That was a great, a great question. Because, yeah, a film, the film that means the most to you because of w- what happened at the time or around it. Yeah. It's great because, yeah, it's, it, the film I chose, it happened to also be a film I love. I yeah. really enjoy it. But that's not the criteria at all. No. You know, it's, it can be... Uh... I've got a few answers to that question. One of them is an absolutely awful film, but, you know, yeah, it, it made me love the person I was with. How do you <laughs> find that on your judgmental side of things, on well, people, well, like when they're putting their films forward? Are, are there any where you're like, here's a spoiler. Oh, a terrible film. <laughs> here's a spoiler. I have, I've found it really fascinating so far because I've recorded about 13 of them. And it is amazing because most people have... You, I was worried. I thought oh, it's all going to be the same. Everyone's going to be saying Ghostbusters for everything or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. actually, everyone's experience is really different. I, and I don't judge anyone because I love all fi- I love film, yeah. and it, and it's supposed to be a celebration of film ultimately. Although there is one question about what's the worst film you've seen, but other than that, it's mostly positive. Yeah. But um, it's also it's about the guests. So every episode is quite different because it sort of depends on what the guest brings. Like, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. I've had ones that are quite heavy, like with you, and I've had ones that are very light and just fun. And, uh, but, and I don't judge, because it's interesting, everyone's judge yeah. is interesting, except for <laughs> <laughs> when John Drever came on. Right. John Drever, the director of Super Bowl, yes. who's also my work wife. Um, I'm not even sure I've forgiven him. He said at the beginning, he said, you're going to get really angry with me because of some of my choices. And I said, no, no, why would I? It's your, po- you know, it's your episode. Like, yeah. it's not for me to judge. And then <laughs> when I said, what's the worst film you've ever seen? He said, under the skin, and I called him a fucking prick for about 20 minutes, which I think I've edited down to shorter. Right. So angry with him Amazing. that I don't think I'm ever going to work with him again. You see, I didn't particularly enjoy Under the Skin. Oh, for fuck's sake. I remember I went to... to it's s- not the worst film you've ever seen, though, is it? No, it's probably not. But I, if, we, if I was in that room at that oh, time, it might have convinced me. I remember going to see it with a lot of excitement and hype because mm. I love... S- s- Garlic Johansson, I, you know, I'd heard yeah. all this hype about it, and I, yeah, okay. I do remember kind of uh, right. Corner Boys going, Five is off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm team. I'm team John. <laughs> team team. I mean, John to be Trump. fair, I've had a lot of other people on the podcast, and every time it comes to that question, I go, "John Dreamer said this," and they all go, "What a cunt! <laughs> what a prick!" That's amazing, though. So, how's it been being the on that on that side of the mic, being the host, being the, host and being the well question. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because at first I was like, oh, it's different, isn't it? But I think the balance is, and you're very good at this, and I wonder about is like, what is how, if people are very eloquent and have like very long answers, like, do you just listen and mm-hmm. let them do their thing? How often do you join in yeah, with it? Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. I, I think I'm much, uh, quite often a listener time and I think oh they're, they're getting something here so let it roll I think that's absolutely key I yeah. think the the thing that the people ask all the time if I if I've thought about filming my podcasts mm-hmm. and I don't because I think it had changed the dynamic I think yeah. it'd make it a performance and I wouldn't get the intimate interactions that I get yeah the only thing that's tempted me is when people are saying again as I've said numerous times the two things that I said most about the podcast is number one, I love that you sit back and let the people talk. Yeah. 
and the other is, is I hate that you interrupt them all the time and don't let them talk. <laughs> right. They're genuinely the two right, things. It's a weird one. Yeah. Um, but if there was a camera going, people would be able to see that, s- that there's a lot it. going on that's not audible. Yeah. And I think that's something that people yeah. don't realise, that sometimes I'll have people who have started going in a direction and they clearly have lost their direction a little bit and mm. are looking over kind of like, uh, or, yeah. or they've forgot what the question was or things like that. And you don't want them to have to get to, so what were we saying? Which comes yeah, up every yeah. now and then, but you will have someone go off and then go, I can't remember what the question was. So yeah. often if I see them flailing a little bit mm. or seeming as if they're a little, uh, even if there's a subject that, that they don't want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, when I had Lena Heady on, it was a little while after she'd spoken on the Harvey Weinstein stuff and right. all of this. And I said to her beforehand, anywhere you don't want to go, we don't have to go. This isn't that kind of podcast that you're mm-hmm. pressured to give some big expose. And there was a couple of times in that where it felt, I took it in directions and you could tell from a, a body language maybe that it wasn't, not that it was, that she, she was refusing to talk about it or anything mm-hmm. else. We do talk about all that stuff. It was more on other stuff. I think it was on some family stuff. I think yeah. I'd stayed there too long because of just, just the intrigue. Yeah. And it felt a little bit, right, I'm prying too much on something that isn't yeah. important to this. So I would then s- switch it. Or again, reading every now and then. If you ever hear me get really rambly on something or kind of pose a question and change the subject before they've had a chance to answer, that that's often because you, you can see. Yeah. If, if you start going in a direction, you can see that someone's uncomfortable. So I'll often give my view, view, view on it either to make them comfortable or make it easy for them to deflect and move on. If I've yeah. said this, 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 I think that that, that, that my thought, that, 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 then I can go, yeah, I guess so. Also, if you were on. filming this, you couldn't see you making the wanker sign to me the entire hour. I mean, that's implied. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's heavily implied. Yeah, no, it is interesting. And actually, what you must have found this. I can say this, I mean, I'm going to say it because you should listen to it. One of my favourite episodes that I did was with BT Edmondson, who is a very good friend of mine, who I like very much, and I think she's brilliant. But we talked about stuff on the podcast that we've never talked about, because, I don't know, because there was sort of, it felt natural to go there, and I asked her certain questions I've never asked her, and I thought, oh, wow, I didn't know this stuff. It's beautiful. You know what it's I mean? what I love it, about podcasting, yeah. um, because it's made me realise that in general, in our day-to-day lives... We catch up on maybe the last week, yeah. possibly the last couple of months. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. We rarely go any further back than that, which is bizarre. Even with our close friends, we rarely talk about, oh, how did you get into this? Or, or yeah. what was your route here? Or things like that. Or what was your upbringing like? Because we just go, you've been up too much lately. Yeah. What's going on at the moment? It's always so refined to that. And yeah, I've had that with podcasts that, again, it's weird that he keeps coming up in a jokey manner, but... Stephen Graham, the podcast I did with him, mm. uh, we'd got a, a pretty close as mates yeah. before that. That took us all the closer. And afterwards, for a week or two afterwards, he kept messaging again, mate, you made me like d- d- discuss things he'd never thought of. And it, you yeah, know what I mean? right, it made yeah. him realise things about his life that he should be more proud of or mm. more aware of and things like that. Because if you're living your life, you're just getting on with it. You're just doing this and then doing that and then doing this and then doing that. And it was kind of, yeah. friends never break that down. But you, even us as individuals, yeah. I never sit down and break down that pattern and that journey and what it meant to make 
that choice at that time and things like that. I mean, it's what, the only reason I've really started this podcast is to find out all my friends' secrets. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a good... So I can use it against it's them. It's a good choice. Um, I did, again, I keep referencing the uh, uh, Simon Pegg one. Yeah. But um, I joked when I had Martin Freeman on, I think it was, that actors are the toughest people to have on a podcast because there's, there's normally so much they can't talk about. Yeah. And the first time I had Simon Pegg on, as soon as we stopped recording, he went, yeah. I should have said beforehand... I've been on set on Star Wars all week. I just can't talk about it yeah. and stuff like that. And I joked about it in, in this episode and we talk about it. And then as soon as I stopped, he said, here's the bit I couldn't, couldn't say on record for this time and told me some stuff that's going oh, on. That's in, I'll tell you afterwards. Okay, great. But I can't tell where But it was just hilarious. It's like, I've just got past the fact that like I had him on two years ago and we had that and I've wow. made a joke of it for so long. And now again, as soon as we stopped recording... So, here's what I couldn't say. <laughs> if you don't want any spoilers oh. about Simon Pegg's life, skip yeah. forward. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave a pause. Is there anything else that you wish to discuss or, or uh, bring up? I mean, we're making this as long as we want. I want to do it as one episode because it's a Friday bonus. and It's the birthday okay. bonus. But we can go as long as we want. Normally, I should explain. I've never discussed this with the audience. I normally try and keep episodes to a 60 to 90 minutes purely because of the amount of space that takes up on your phone and things like that. And then I'll split them in two because then you've got the choice of downloading one and when you're done deleting it and, and downloading the other. But it's my birthday, so all yeah. rules go out the window. This one could be as long as we want it to be. <laughs> yeah, lads. <laughs> it's five hours in. I'm here with Brett. Where's well, Brett gone? <laughs> Brett's shit in my mouth, actually. Happy birthday, mate. My mum's come back. This looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and my mum popped in. I hadn't mm. told you about that, had I? That was a genuine... You really hadn't. That was a real genuine <laughs> a surprise. surprise. A little knock. <laughs> what Hello. a delight. I Hello. mean, me and her converse on Twitter a lot, so it was nice yeah. to finally meet her. That's a treat. Uh, no, a no, treat. I've been speaking to her at the Samaritans. Yes. Um, <laughs> what, uh, America, you want to talk about that? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about America. Do you want to talk about America? Yeah. You've had a lot of success in America. Uh, you've been out there, you've yeah. done some pilots, you've done some series. Yeah. It's a weird world. I don't like pilot season. Mm-hmm. I think it's a negative thing. I think film companies should commit to an artist's choice and vision yeah. and go with it. And if it fails, it fails. If it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't. They, they shouldn't say, well, you've got 12 episodes in mind. Give us a, a one and we'll see if people like it so yeah. I can't tell the story in one you're going to have to yeah, yeah. force all sorts of stuff in in one S- some of are, are my favourite shows and I'll put Taboo in there because I'm not in it that much mm. so I got to watch it as a fan <laughs> as well Mr but Taboo yeah it, t- it took a few episodes It it it's paced beautifully that it takes its time it doesn't mm. rush to go look here's everything about the show enjoy it please Yeah. and I think pilot season forces that a bit well, I mean, it's all business, and there is a difference. You know, if Tom Hardy wants to make a TV show, I imagine, I could be wrong, but I imagine he is given a series. You are sure, allowed a series. Sure. And that's the thing that, again, I think is a problem, because I think that shouldn't only that shouldn't be yeah. exclusive to people who have already proven but I'm themselves. Not, I'm not defending it, because I also have, find it quite... There's, there's many, many problems with it, but it is also... 
incredibly expensive. So if they're making, yeah, if they're putting so. in, you know, if if for them to make a pilot is say one million, but for them to make a series is twelve million. I guess the thing going, well, well, let's the thing for it. me is it takes out the artistic credibility of the execs and of the producers. And there are people in the past mm. who have got a lot of fame and glory because they're the ones who signed off on The Wire or they're the ones yeah. who signed off on this or that. That should be part of their risk. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They should have that artistic choice to go, no, I believe in this. And they should have to think more about it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It should, it should be, I'm not sure. So we can't make that happen. Even if it means certain shows don't happen, I'd rather... Things happen in their entirety and mm. live and die off that, or don't happen. And I don't know. It's a weird one. But pilot season, in particular, in in America, is is networks, not yeah. cable. So there's so much money at stake, and it's all to How do, do you with feel advertising. About it? Because I've I've turned down tons of a load of pilot auditions because I don't think I'm right for them. I don't yeah. think that's that's what I want to do. But I'm also not. I'm lucky that I've come to acting off the back of other things. So it's not one of those situations where I feel I need to go from job to job to job. If I look and see, I'm not mad on the script, but I love the producers, I love this and that, I'll audition, I'll go in, I'll do whatever I can. But it's an interesting one because it does feel that it cheapens everyone involved in many ways, that you feel like you're just a disposable. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) For those months, there's so many people that are just it's in that a, moment it's, uh, it's bizarre I've done pilot season probably three three years mm. and uh, and if you don't know what it is I'll tell you what it is yeah you, you yeah. know what it is but it's, like, oh, yeah. it's it's like basically two months in LA where they are making a hundred pilots maybe yeah. more yeah. and not and they audition everyone everyone for everything pretty yeah. much and so you, you do like three auditions a day and you learn 10 pages of line for each thing and you drive across LA and you go to different studios and you do these auditions. And some of them are... I've told you... Oh fuck, I do think I've said all this before on here about no. the water, how you know which audition you're in depending on the water you're given. No. No? no. Oh, right. So there's different levels of auditioning pilot right. season, right? There's the bottom level Yeah. is you're going... No one knows who you are. They've never heard of you. You're going to, ha- I call them cupboard auditions. You're basically meeting the casting director's second assistant. Yeah. And they will film you on their phone in a cupboard. Brilliant. And it also means no one is ever going to see that that video. Mm-hmm. They are wasting your time trying to make you feel busy. Yeah. Then there's the, you're going in with the casting director. And that means, oh, you're going in for a pre-read, which mm-hmm. it turns out they don't film you. They just meet you and see if you can basically act. And then if you pass that, you go in with the casting director, you get videos. Then if you get past that, you then finally go in a room with the actual, perhaps, writer of the show or a producer yeah. or someone who's actually making the show. And then you can talk with people and then you're kind of doing better and then you go beyond that and you're... Yeah, you're in. In the big leagues. Yeah. But you can t- you never know what you're going to when you have these auditions. Sometimes I've been in straight in with the writers. Sometimes I've been in a cupboard. But I know when I get there, depending on the water situation, because if you're in the top one, you'll be given a bottle of water when you arrive. A reception. Right. Here you go, it's a bottle of water. And it works progressively down from a bottle of water to a water cooler that you yep. go and fill up. If you're in, if you arrive, there's no water anywhere to be seen, and you say, 
sorry, is there any water anywhere? And the person behind the reception desk really grudgingly gives you a little tiny paper thimble of water. You're in the cupboard. In the cupboard. Jesus. (laughs) You're in the cupboard and you're wasting all your time. It's a good breakdown. Yeah. Thimble of water, you're in the cupboard. It's a weird world, though, because I I went out to LA, not in pilot season, but two or three times last year Mm -hmm. to have some meetings and I adored it. Right. I, I met yeah. some really good casting directors, aware that I'm meeting them for the long game, yeah. not expecting to be in something immediately, but we got on well. I think we genuinely, they knew who I was. They were aware of some music videos and that kind of thing. So I was there on my own dime purely for those meetings to yeah. not, I don't think in the times I was at I auditioned for anything. I think two things came up and I said, I don't want to audition because I'm not here for that. Yeah. I don't want to be in, 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 in that, mind zone or mindset i want yeah. to be just i want to meet them say hello here's who i am at some point it'd be cool if we work together and again the, those meetings are all really good th- fun or, or if you click they're really good fun because you're talking about films you're talking about approaches to acting styles of acting that you enjoy and you have this connection and yeah it feels like you know someone but it's a weird one i've had a realization recently that as i've said numerous times I kind of want to focus in the UK, in in Europe, and partly on on making stuff that I'm writing, that I'm involved in. And part of that is I've had that. And I, again, I'll still be doing... I did a self-tape in this room four days ago for a big American thing. Who so did this, you do it with? I did it on, on my own for a chunk of it because I had to mime a load of stuff. What? After Please, the podcast, can I see this tape? yep. After the podcast, it's on that computer right there. Let's put a little special. I tried to mime, tried to mime a load of stuff, and then because there was so much miming stuff, I was like, I want to do this on my own. Um, <laughs> I, there was only a, a one scene that had anyone else in, and I rung my dad, and he just came around and read the lines for that. So that was kind of handy, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, even though again, if the right thing comes up, yeah, or again, or no. Oh, that's a lie. Audition-wise, I'll go for almost anything because I'm brand new to this and I need to learn and get better and do more of it. But my focus in recent weeks, I've definitely realised, has switched because of, I mean, partly because I was trying to get a visa, as I was telling you about, and I was having yeah. struggles because it's that crate, it's that annoying chicken and egg thing. I've had auditions that have gone really well and the feedback seems to be, he's not got a visa at present, like mm. we don't, that, therefore we don't know if he'll be granted one, yeah. and we start shooting in a month or two. So yeah. we're going to go here, but you can't get a visa until you've got the gig confirmed or yeah. the job or, or the role offer and things like that. So it's that annoying thing. And I was looking into if I could get one off the back of I'm famous as fuck. <laughs> so it was <laughs> was what I was looking into. I'm Mister Taboo, and, and or, or generally, someone had advised me. But again, I say that as a joke, but the point of the visas is that you're not t- t- taking jobs off someone else. And yeah. their argument was, you're Scroobius Pip, yeah. and no one else's. And because of the stuff you've done in other scenes and other things like that, you're bringing something a- a yeah. unique to that. I spoke to a solicitor and they didn't agree. <laughs> so I didn't... <laughs> I didn't but the, that was kind of the, the, the theory, and not in an arrogant way, but yeah. in a... How do you spell Scroobius? Exactly. But g- genuinely in a, well... Because of these different things, you bring something that's different. Mm-hmm. Therefore, where you could potentially j- j- justify a visa, and they didn't agree. The, the solicitor said, "I can, can 
can get you a visa to go over and, and do music in a heartbeat, yeah. but you've not got enough in the acting world. And again, I was kind of, I'd been told, oh, I'd, I'd been suggested that maybe as a full thing, but no. But yeah, it kind of, yeah, I don't know. It made me realise that obviously I'm a, s- a superhero nerd, so, so if any Marvel stuff came in or anything like yeah. that, I'd love it. But the fact is at this stage, that's not what I should be chasing or wanting to do. No. I should be. And I've said this with, I was chatting to, to Rob Parker about it who's been getting a few auditions as well and things like that. And we actually were up for the same role, which he was like, oh, no. Is this? I was like, as you've seen, when we've been up yeah. for the same role, I'm like, no, that's wicked. Yeah. That's cool. I'm not... In fact, as you know, Depends I recommended you in an audition. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I went in for an audition. Thought. I said, have you seen Brett Goldstein for this? Because he'd be really good. Again, I'm just... I don't mind on that Very kind of thing. Silly. But... Um, the thing I always get when it's an American accent for anything... Yeah, I I like it. I love learning that. I love that personally. I think that's. Yeah. I feel I'm acting more if I'm doing that rather than just going. I'd rather have roles like that because mm. I feel I can bring more of a character in and do stuff. But most of the time, I do send the tape off and then think, just get an American. Get an American. Yeah. Why would you get me? Just get an American. If it's not, because again, I'm not going yeah. for lead roles, so it's not like it's crucial that it's like uh, yeah. There's so many I audition for, and I'm just like. And I have to stop myself from not putting myself forward. Because, again, yeah. the reality is it's all good practice and good exercise. Yeah. But I genuinely have that regular, it's like, just get an American. And that's made me realise that I need to focus yeah. on UK stuff and on making stuff that I'm excited to be involved in. That, again, as we've said numerous times, we're also both writers. So that should be what we're pushing to make. We are in a very, a very, 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 very privileged, lucky position yeah. in that we oh, we're white men we're white men <laughs> and so don't worry mate we've won the lottery <laughs> do not to worry <laughs> no in the, work out. in the unlike people who are just actors who have to take jobs job or anyway yeah. you know we cr- create stuff but what that does is makes you far more i'm um, makes you far more critical of scripts so mm-hmm. i did two pilots in america and i was so i, I realized how fucking lucky I was because they were both brilliant and I yeah. wanted to be, I was like, fuck me, I, I can't believe, it was like I've won the lottery. I was so yeah. excited to have got parts and in these things. that's the most exciting thing, right? But I could, I know, a, I know a friend who got a part in a pilot and they sent it to me, they were screen testing for it and they sent me the pilot and said, what do you think of this? And it was fucking terrible. Mm. And I was like, I knew they were going to do it because of course they're going to do it. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, it might be all right. But it was like, you don't want to be stuck. You have to sign a contract for seven years, like seven years of your life in a show that is terrible. You're going to not that be a happy person. Because you think that's what you wanted. Because we're yeah. built, again, we're very much built to go America. Yeah. That's the dream. And not to get overly political. But we were joking recently about the World Cup on text. Yeah. Because I text you during an England game. You're like, why aren't no. you watching... I got really game. annoyed about it. <laughs> you got, but it's it's a similar thing. I'm chasing everything in America mm. at the moment. I think America are fucking disgraceful. Mm-hmm. I think everything that Trump's doing is disgusting. Yet I'm like, but still, if yeah. I can get a gig, if I can get a visa, and it's similar. Literally, you go back a month or two. The big scandals are well, Trump's connected to Russia, which mm. is the worst thing that can happen because they're evil. Like Trump's connected to Russia. Mm. That was the big evil. Now the yeah. World Cup's on, it's like, 
Yeah, but it's, the football's on, isn't it? Yeah. The football's on. So it's not that I'm boycotting the World Cup, but I found it really easy to not really watch any. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, I do object to Russia and the stuff they're doing, the, the killing everyone on their borders, every country yeah. that's bordering them, they're doing hideous stuff. Yeah. The right stuff they're doing. It's meant that, as I said, I've not made some big stand. I'm not going like, yeah, yeah. boycott the World Cup. But it's meant I'm not as into football as I used to be. So it's yeah. made it so much easier to just go, there's some stuff on Netflix I want to watch. I know. But, but it's, weirdly, it's, go on. the one bit I've watched of the World Cup yeah. is the first half. And it's weird because we're going to, it's going to all be finished happens, yeah. by the time this comes out. But the first half of the Panama game. Oh, great. Oh, so wow. I might be... So you might have watched the, the most goals, most... Or you could look at it as, I'm the good luck for England. So now I'm just not going to watch the rest and we're fucked. But generally, that's, yeah. that's the, I, I fell asleep. Generally, I fell asleep and didn't see the second half. Uh. And we drew the second half 1-1. So technically... <laughs> You've got to stay awake. We won I'm the first half. I'm calling you on Thursday. You were fucking watching that game. Well, was it? We won one in the, the second half. Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So yeah, we were five 0 in the first half, one one in the in the Fuck second half. Know. So I'm just not going to bother watching and see if that. <laughs> see if you really control the universe. Yeah. Fuck. But yeah, can't you use your power for good. <laughs> uh, me and my dad used to have all sorts of theories when we go Millwall of when was the lucky time to. Yeah. Uh, to eat the chocolate we'd buy before the game. <laughs> what was the chocolate? Um, he'd get a lion bar. Lovely. I used to get a lion bar. Then I started to boycott Nestle. I sound so yeah, wow. And then moral what? on this. So like, what did you oh, let's not watch the World Cup and let's not have acting careers in America. No more lion bars. No, not because I've failed to have an acting career in America because <laughs> I'm morally against America. <laughs> so why aren't you in the new Avengers? I'm against America. Because of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, but yes, so I then switched to, I can't remember, I think I went for a biscuit boost. Lovely. I would argue should be the number one a chocolate bar. Yeah. I it's think- good, but the main thing I think makes it above everything else for good is there's no other chocolate bar like it. No one's, yeah. Everything no one's else has kind of boost. an equivalent. There's kind of similar. Yeah. There's twirls and there's flakes and there's... Ripples. There's, you know, there's yeah. all sorts of variations along the way. There's, there's ones that have a wafer in, and there's Kit Kats that have a Biscuit wafer in. And... Like a Google whack, isn't it? It's like... Yeah, it happened, and it's never been repeated since. No one can match it. No one's even tried. That's that saddens me a little bit about society and humanity. Listen, if 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 now we've boycotted, now you've boycotted you. I mean, I'm not backing this. <laughs> you've boycotted America for, you know, you don't want to act stuff. Maybe see if you can. Just come up with a biscuit boost with a different name. Yeah. The Pipskit boost. The Pipskit Pip Pip 2018 <laughs> boost. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Yes, it is. And you're very, you, you, I think, me and, uh, I, I talk about this with uh, a friend who I write with, and I think that sometimes you think, as a, the actor part of you, like, I mostly... I've done lots of work, but mo- a lot of it is sort of self-generated. I've written it, I've created mm. it, I've, you know, done stuff. And you want, it's hard, you know, I love it, absolutely love it. But sometimes it's hard and it's, yeah. you know, and sometimes you just want, you just think, oh, it'd be really nice if someone just handed me a script and said we want you to be in this and it was a really good... 100%. But so I, again, often... I kind of add that with Taboo, the, yeah, the, the audition that. for that. But it was one of them, as you were saying, about how I read the script 
and even though I wasn't in it that much, and hopefully I'm in series two even yeah. more, I, my role grew and grew. But that was a Stephen Knight script, yeah, and I was reading amazing. stuff on there that blew me away. There was a particular a line which which wasn't mine. It was Tom Holland. Uh, <laughs> okay. I always get Tom Holland and Tom Hollander yeah. confused, but Tom Hollander. And I told him on set that he's got my favourite line, and he was a bit, he's a bit of a, his own man who hates himself. And it made us hit it off, because I was yeah. like, or the fact that I had what a smaller role and I was, I was reading the whole script. He said, so t- uh, Tom Hardy's character yeah. is inquiring if, he, if he's interested in the kind of, his potential love interest, it's not sure. It's the girl who was his dad's mistress type right. woman and now his dad's died and she's a lot younger than his dad. So there's, so he kind of asks, do you find her attractive? And he says, not only is she on the long list of women I would sleep with, but she's on the far shorter list of women I would masturbate over <laughs> or masturbate to. So again, and I just found that such a beautiful yeah, yeah. line because that's a genuine, yeah. that's crude and ugly, but it's beautiful. Because yeah. again, there's it's very as, yo- as a single man. Again, it sounds hugely insulting, but generally, yeah, as a yeah. single man on a night out, you might sleep with this person. But if yeah. you're sitting at home with your eyes closed, imagining someone, you're going to imagine a very select few. Yeah. And I just found that genuinely a beautiful line. Um, and yeah, and things like that. Just yeah. seeing that on paper, I was. Again, it shocked people that I'd read. Because, again, a lot of people, if you've got a smaller role, you kind of you read your scenes, you get it. And that's quite a professional thing. That's yeah. another, it's another gig. I, yeah. You know, I act like you're meant to be here, for fuck's sake. But I'd get every script to be like, <gasps> yeah. I read everyone's bits. and Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, and that's it. Well, you won't, but it, it's amazing how many... Like, I did pilot season this year, and uh, I can say this because I'm not... I'm saying the scripts, 95% of the scripts I read were fucking dog shit was so bad and you were like how are these I went in for one that was in in pilots this season it was in the UK and my agent emailed it over and I said I've read the script it's not for me man and they went it's good to go in and I went in yeah but I had to have an American accent and it was like a, a a hospital drama and I had to play like the cool the cool doctor Who's like st- he's he's not going to play by the rules anymore? Yeah, yeah did you I go in for that? that. <laughs> it's great because we go in for loads of this. Let's say stuff. It's hilarious. But again, I read that and I was like, "This is isn't for me." Yeah. Let's not say it's shit because that one wasn't shit. That was like uh, well written for what it was, but it was right, like yeah. you've seen this. But, like, but for what it was, it wasn't the kind of thing I was yeah, looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it's that weird thing of the, the reason I'm kind of having this realization, and it's not only because. Again, it's it's genuinely not a well. It's not worked out in America. I yeah. still there's stuff that I would want to do over there hugely. Yeah. And when I was speaking to, uh, to this solicitor, she was saying, if there's a particular role, yeah. then come back and we'll do all we can and we'll make this work and yeah. we'll speed it through. And that would still be the case. There's certain things that I die to be involved in that happen to be American. But it was the realization that I was like I was talking to, to Kate Nash on the podcast recently, and we kind of came up together in music and the thing that happens particularly when you get signed by a major label or as soon as you become in any industry Hmm. you start to lose all perspective on it and i i remember i messaged kate and i messaged jack pinata and i messaged adele all on the day of their albums coming out to say 
take a minute, because all of them at that point had had singles that had gone number one or top five or whatever. Take a minute today to realise you've got a record in a fucking record shop and how great that is. Because all you care about, if you've got in that system, is where is it in the charts? Did they reply, new number, who this? (laughs) They did. (laughs) No, but... And that was ages ago, but it occurred to me that maybe I've got into the industry too quickly and all I'm caring about is this, this and this. Whereas... Uh, when I was talking to my agent about this this feature film I was written, I was like, genuinely, all I want is to make it and make it amazing. Yeah. Other than that, I don't care. And obviously that's not good for the, the money people, but other than that, genuinely, I don't care. I think we've got something that could be beautiful and that sh- should be the key. Um, well, also, it's, it's a weird one. So you do start to get... hard. It's so hard to make stuff that you want it to be good because it's years of your life. It's literally yeah. years of, you know, Super Bob was five years of our life. If it's it had been things, shit, it'd been like, what the fuck, we wasted five it's one years. It's that Martin Freeman said, and similar with uh, Dan Skinner on and, um, and Simon Pegg, and all of them agree, even more so for them guys, it's like, I've got kids. <laughs> if I'm going to be away from my kids yeah. for several months, it's got to be something good, or at least something I think is good. Yeah. Again, you've the the scary part of this industry versus the music industry is you've got no control over the end result. Yeah, it could seem great right up until the premiere, yeah. and then you or like the, the the cast and crew screening, yeah. and then you sit there and go, "Oh, oh boy, oh no, yeah. this isn't good." But again, purely on that, you've got to think it's something good because, as you've known, you go off and do tons of different things and. You've got to have that belief, right, to to put that time in. And I think so. Because you must also have done stuff at some point that while you're making it, you're thinking, this is... I've shit. only done uh, one one thing that, that, I, that I knew was truly horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> and that was right at the beginning of my yeah. activity. And I... And I We've talked, but I won't name what it is, but like I was like, holy shit, this is a disaster. This is not working. But it's also the one I made the most friends of because I think mm. you sort of had this like traumatic adventure together. It was like, well, we're in this. And that's key as well. Sinking remember, ship. We, no, that's <laughs> that's it. it's, it's remembering that it's, it's, it's workmates because that's where genuinely I think I've got genuinely amazing agents like yeah you've been doing this a, a, a lot longer than me i should not be going up for some of the same roles as you and we do do you know what i mean so I, again i, I think, think that's I, I genuinely i think i get to go out for stuff that i shouldn't get to go out for so i'm amazingly grateful for them but every gig i've got except for one mm-hmm. has come from like the first gig i got was king arthur and that was because guy Ritchie and reg who's the casting director were fans of the podcast right. and they wanted and the music and wanted to me to audition on that I buddied up with Charlie Hunnam and he played my music to Kurt Sutter and mm. Kurt hit me up and ended up I auditioned for Bastard Executioner yeah. and got it the Bastard Executioner oh, 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 I went well and off the back of that I got auditions for Taboo and stuff like that and that came again it all yeah. kind of came hand in hand and then I, I, I walked like a panther I met Stevie Graham on Taboo Stevie had made the short of Walk Like a Panther like five years ago. It was his mate who's the writer and director. And he, he literally, he put me forward and Dan was trying to f- find a role for me. And there was a role that already cast. Or they had a guy they really liked and they split the role in two. Yeah. 
so there was two of us called Terry instead of one and things like that. Yeah. And it's, a, it's all off people. Yeah. So again, I think it does make a difference of there, there is an argument that sometimes even the shit jobs you'll go and do, but you'll make some good mates and you'll all be on that ship all pulling yeah. together. And you just hope no one ever sees it. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Um, well, I mean, let's wrap things up as we're heading towards the two hour mark. Right. But I want to wrap things up with, um, obviously so. I rave about, a super bob an awful yeah. lot Thanks. but another thing you've done between the last podcast and this yeah. is adult, adult life skills, skills which I really enjoyed I thought it was beautiful and you won a Thanks, fucking man. award for as well yeah. best supporting actor yeah is it the Biffers Biffers how was that what winning the award or, or doing or the film both generally because well, film... you do you do these films but you're never sure how they're going to turn yeah, out yeah. even if you think again we've talked a lot about super bob even when you think they've turned out fucking amazing and you know what you wanted yeah. they might not do what you well, want well that them was to actually do. from Superbob so Rachel Tunnard who uh, wrote and directed Adult Life Skills and it is a really good film isn't it I mean lovely, I recommend yeah. it uh, and she I think she's been to, it's got Jodie Whittaker in it Doctor yeah. Who is in it and I know <laughs> her and we are friends and I'd worked with amazing. her before and but she, I think she had constantly been she'd been writing this film and it was about a woman and I think the execs kept saying to her you need she needs a love interest and she was like no she shouldn't have a love interest and then she saw Super Bob and she was like oh it could be a love interest who's not like a alpha male like usual love interest yeah, 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 yeah. and so she sort of so she says sort of wrote it for me which is unbelievable Amazing. and then uh, and then. I met with her, I mean, she didn't know me, and then we went and had a coffee together, and like, she was like, blah, 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 we had a nice time, and then she was like, so will you do it? And I was like, I haven't even, you know, do you want to check? I was like, I want to make sure yeah. I'm right for it, otherwise this would be awful. Yeah, <laughs> And so then I, like, she was like, no, you can, anyway, I then did it, it was such a lovely, I love that film, and it's, uh, and we filmed it in Yorkshire. Anyway, we did the film. And it was small, they're lovely, and everyone in it is fucking good. And then I was doing the Catherine Tate show live, yeah, which I co-wrote with Catherine, and we were touring it around amazing uh, big old arenas and stuff. Yeah. And while we were on tour, just on Twitter, someone tweeted me a picture from the Biffa Awards, yeah, and it said nominated for best boy actor, and I was like, what the fuck? I didn't even know it Excuse was a me? thing. And then we, on the, it was the, the awards ceremony was the last night of the tour. Yep. And I said to Catherine, there's no way I can go, is there? And she went, no, <laughs> there <laughs> no, is no way. You're quite a big part of this show and we're playing Leeds Arena or something and you really can't go. Yeah, and, that's uh, fair, completely fair. And so what I did was, and I didn't think it would happen, and I recommend you look this up on YouTube if you haven't seen it. I've watched it, it's brilliant. Is I wrote a speech a long for Jodie Whittaker to read out if yep. I won and I gave it to Rachel Tunnard and I said print this out seal it in an envelope she's not allowed to look at it yeah until she's on stage but I also didn't think I'd win I thought it's ridiculous yeah. and um and then we were did our show come to and it was the last night so it was real sad and we did the bow and everything and then we came off stage and I turned on my phone and it was like beep 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 yeah and I fucking won and it was very exciting but the best really the best bit of it is that Jodie had to read out this speech. Yeah. She's so good. She's amazing. It's so it wonderful because she's definitely doesn't know what she has to read out. 100%. It was hilarious. Yeah. Amazing to watch. And yeah. 
I'd really recommend having a look at that. And I would say... How did you feel about turning your Best Supporting Actor nomination into an advert for your writing skills? <laughs> By the way, I also write. Here you go. Here's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, my only downside is I do think if I had turned up, I'd be Doctor Who. So I'm not sure, because I do feel like it, <laughs> it's the best thing I did. that night. Yeah. But... Uh, and I'd love to say that an awards sort of make you sort of solve everything. And I definitely think for a whole day, I thought, um, oh, I'm all sorted now. I won an award. It's mad, and then the it? next day, it's the, the biggest realization that like, oh, everything means nothing. nothing matters. As stupid as that sounds, I've had numerous people on who've got their huge role, huge yeah. break, award winning, and then they've not got anything for a year or so. And the example I kind of give as well is... Happy birthday. I remember, <laughs> I, remember I went on, on on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. And it's one of the biggest yeah. podcasts in the world. I adore it. It's my favourite. It's the reason I started podcasting. But the day after that, <clears throat> nothing had changed. I didn't even have a thousand extra... I had a few extra followers. I might have had a thousand really? extra followers. But it wasn't like it was... I was like... This is it. This is it. I'm on the big time. And again, it's the myth. I, I, I had the same feeling the first time we got... Daytime airplane on Radio One, and again, I guess all these things add up to changing. The your problem life. is, but as you're an individual still... thing, you expect it to go bang. That's it now. But you also think it will like fix you. But the real reality is, yeah, you've, you've, you're holding an Oscar, but you still have to live in your own head. Yeah, I, uh, it was a beautiful thing. Who was it that was telling me about Matt uh, M- Matt Damon? Yeah, it wasn't you, was it? No, I don't know. Someone was telling me about Matt Damon. It was. It, it might have been on a podcast actually, um, because I don't talk to people. <laughs> I, I listen to them. Um, he was saying that it really helped his career that he won an Oscar s- so early for Goodwill Hunting. Oh yeah, because he celebrated after it. It was amazing, and then that night he went into the toilet. And he put the Oscar on the side of the toilet and he was having a piss or a shit and he looked at it and realised it doesn't mean anything at all. Yeah. So it's meant his career, he's then got to go, right, just make let's just m- make stuff I want to make. Rather than chasing that dream, yeah. he got that early on. So then it released him as such. And I thought that was a, a fascinating thing. Yeah. It's similar it, after you've, you've won a... After you won a bipper. Well, here's the real, the real <laughs> truth. Am I going to tell you this? I will. So, so it was exciting. It was yeah, genuinely. It was. I, I'd love to underplay it, but but when you know people couldn't, they went, "You just won that fucking thing." And particularly because I was Mate, like on the side there, I've got the two Sony awards I won. That's uh, the only awards I've amazing. ever won in my life. I've never. Oh no, I won a video award once, but yeah, I think. Well, and also, I, I sort of think all the awards are evil unless they're championing stuff that no one's heard of, <laughs> and, and, um, unless I'm winning them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like you know, adult life There's, skills. There is a truth in that though, because there is a, a truth in the fact that. Awards mean nothing until you win one, because it does feel nice to win Because <laughs> yeah. if you've been to any award shows, you'll yeah. know the the, the so disinterest of everyone in the room yeah. other than the award they're up for. So they are gross and ugly, but yeah. it still means the fucking world if you do. Because Adult Life Skills, the beatdown radio show I've got there, they're going to be things that people have worked away on, mm. worked hard on, and they've not been huge life-changing financial successes yeah. or this or that, but... That that little bit of recognition, go. You know what? That was good, mate. Yeah, it does actually mean something. But I also think shallow and hollow as it is. I think the non-shallow thing is they should be promotional. They should be promoting things that people can't don't know about. And people didn't. A lot of people didn't know about it. So for that reason alone, 
that's good. Yeah. How, so, so when I found out, it was very exciting. And, and you know, and it's sort of, I guess, some validation in any insecurity you have. You go, okay, well, it must be something. Anyway, I was excited for a whole day. And then about two weeks later, I was in my house and it was like 11 and I was trying to write and I was probably like moody and I was in my pants and the doorbell rang and it was like cold and I answered the door in my pants and there was a motorcycle man there and he had like a suitcase for me. And I was like, what's this? And he made me sign it. And I went inside and opened it up and it was the award because I hadn't been there. Oh, and for a brief <laughs> a second that you were the new Mission Impossible. <laughs> you were going to have to go and save someone or do uh, something. And I opened it up and it was this like award and I was on my own in a cold house in my pants. <laughs> I sort of picked up this award and put it on a mantle and I thought, what's the fucking point? <laughs> thank you all for tuning in guys <laughs> <laughs> this has been the birthday special <laughs> cheers with all my special guests uh, happy birthday Scrooge Pitt thank you for having him here thank you for inviting your mum so she you. can stay longer let's give her a call now <laughs> <laughs> yes to complain about a lack of awards <laughs> yeah. bye thank you There we go. That was the birthday party podcast. And I hope that the disappointment of only getting Brett Goldstein was paled by the excitement of a brief appearance again from my mum, who's now a four-time Distraction Pieces podcast guest because she came on on a birthday special a while back where I interviewed my mum and dad separately and spoke a lot about their their them separating and me gr- growing up with only only one of living with only one of them um and then i did a mother's day special with my mum talking about her mum which has been a lot of people's favorite episode ever it's just my mum telling stories about my nan and then she popped in for the cinema special we did a couple of weeks back and that was a special one where we reviewed the film skyscraper in the style of the cinema podcast on the same day that Kathy from the, the cinema reviewed Skyscraper with her mum. And then she popped in for this one and gave you a little bit of a, a little bit of information there, a little bit of an education about the postal system, which I'm sure you were all dying to be educated on. Um, anyway, I will go. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you in advance for all the, bir- the birthday wishes and stuff. I'm sure you'll be flooding upon me on social media. I think I'm not going to be online much on my birthday. Um, but yeah, thank you for all the all the love and adoration. Um, and thank you again if you... Uh, hey, the best birthday present you can give me is heading over to speechdevelopmentrecords.com and buying some merch. So I'll expect a spike in sales. Um, and that way, you get something and I get something. We're both getting a birthday gift here. I'm getting a little bit of money. You're getting a little thing, you know? So go and, go, and, go and get involved. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for listening to all the podcasts um, up till now. It's amazing that this is the 220th episode um, and there's not been a week in three or four years, I guess, when there hasn't been 
a Distraction Pieces podcast. So yeah, often too, like this week. So thank you for tuning in. Next week, who have I got next week? Let me have a little look. So the plan is, next week will be Tony Law, then the week after that is Professor Green. Now, although I said that Chili Gonzalez last week is possibly my favourite episode ever, Professor Green might have then, it might then take the, 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 the mantle there. After that, I've got example. Um, after that, I've got a little special that's a wrestling round table. Me, Sam from Get Cape, Wear Cape, Fly, Russell from Block Party, and my mate Stu all sat down to talk about how much we love wrestling. So that's coming. Um, and then Bart Layton and Barry Keoghan, Keoghan um, from the film American Animals. You'll enjoy that. Yeah, there's loads of good stuff to come. Um, I've got Kate Tempest again soon as well. So yeah, it's all going off. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. Ta-ta.